You read the Bible, Greg. Yes. Well, there's this passage I got memorized. It sort of fits this occasion. Ezekiel 25, 17. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the inequities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who in the name of charity and goodwill shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness, for he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. I can ignore quite a bit. <laughs> All right, now we're good to go. There we are. Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Fascinate with Films. <laughs> I felt like we were funnier the last time. <laughs> I almost did two hours worth of pod with my microphone plugged into the wrong. <laughs> you would have heard him like really, really faint know, from right? the background. Just picking up from you. Just be like, I said, maybe try to be dramatic. I don't know. <laughs> How's He's it going over melodic. there? <laughs> <laughs> they said they were going to hijack the pod. Now it's happened. <laughs> Apparently, it wouldn't be that difficult. Yeah, <laughs> One button. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so how is everyone doing? Uh, doing all right. Doing I think you did. You text me and said you got some some uh, story of something that's been going on this last week. So uh, it your was... stories are always interesting. <laughs> <laughs> they always cost you money. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, they do. So uh, I was going to work last Saturday, and I was driving along, and for some reason or another, I was thinking to myself, "Oh, you know, uh, I hope Dave gets his boat back soon. Maybe we can all go fishing." And I'll drive. I'll take my truck, you know, because mm-hmm. my truck's running really good and, you know, everything will be cool. And so, you know, I'll call Dave and I'll offer that to him in case he wants to do that. So I get to a red light. I make a right <laughs> turn and my truck just starts fucking up and it's jumping all over the place. I can't figure out what's going on. I finally get to where, you know, I'm close to work that I can call somebody for a ride, get done with work, have to walk back to the truck, get it towed. Call the people on Monday. This was Saturday. Call the people on Monday. They're like, it's going to be probably Wednesday before we can look at it. So from Saturday to Wednesday, I didn't have my truck. They call Wednesday morning. I ran out of gas. <laughs> Why wouldn't this be the first gas thing you would think I, dude, of? I was, I, I, I've never run out of gas before. And the gas thing said that I had gas. Oh, I just weird. didn't have gas, you know? I guess you can't be high. I don't trust my gas, gas gauge. gauge I don't anymore. Yeah. You know? I guess we can't really fault you if, you, if your <laughs> gas gauge says it. But well, how was the guy's expression? So. Uh, oh. I my. just wish I was in There's the, in the garage. When, <laughs> I just wish I was in the garage when they got your truck up. Oh, damn and fool. someone was like, maybe you should put some gas in it first. <laughs> yeah. it. Like, Son of a bitch. Charge yeah. him 80 bucks. Yeah, that's it was uh, $106. Wow. That's a lot of gas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could have had two full tanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That's hilarious. So, yeah. Well, yeah. there's a silver lining in that. My it, truck's not broken nothing down. Nothing was wrong with your truck. Yeah, exactly. Which is... <laughs> there was a time period that I had a number in my head. It was three hundred and sixty bucks. Yeah. Every time I took my cars oh, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. three hundred and sixty bucks. It was almost like they would say your truck's ready, and I'd say, "Oh, let me guess, three hundred and sixty bucks." So yeah. I was like, "No, three fifty-two." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "That was the number." I yeah. just spent a grand on mine, so yeah. it sucks. <laughs> you wouldn't have been uh, hauling Dave's uh, 
boat anyways. Dave's having some serious problems with the uh, boat still. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we went out and we went back. It just, the motor wouldn't stay tilted up. Right. It just wasn't happy. Yeah. We, we did, did go ca- out and catch a couple fish. We did uh, catch some fish. fish. I caught, oh, nice. I caught trout. a they mackerel. Were a Dave caught a, uh, a, a mackerel, mackerel and a couple trout. So. Heck yeah, out there in Steinhatchie. Steinhatchie. <laughs> they get so mad if you say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing they're not listening. I don't think, I don't <laughs> think they got radio. <laughs> yeah. You're alienating our Steinhatchie yeah. listenership because that ain't right. <laughs> I can't make fun of country people anymore because uh, you win the country. I, I, mean, <laughs> the country. I mean, I guess because I'm one of them. Damn it, <laughs> <laughs> they're all around me anyway. So. Oh, you drive out to Steinhatchie and go to any of those like gas stations and everything. Dave lost his credit card when we were out there. Yeah, I lost Maria's. Yeah, lost Maria's credit card. Maria's credit card. Oh. <laughs> I left it on the side of the boat, and then we just took and then off. We took and off, and it blew. Oh off. no! And we were only. I realized it like ten seconds after it happened. Right? Yeah, but ten seconds too late. Dust in the ten. wind, man. Yeah. Man. yeah. She, nobody bought anything on it though. <laughs> I oh, should have canceled it. Yeah, I should have found it. That's right. Not told her. And then go running up a bunch of stuff. Someone like, charged a fifty-two inch TV. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you Paul just dropped off? <laughs> <laughs> I got to bring something to Paul's house. <laughs> All right. So what was last week's pod? Last week's was the eighties thrillers. So hopefully everyone enjoyed eighties thrillers. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, yeah, it was a good one. And we'll have to do. We got to do another two thousands. Here soon because it's a huge 2000s gap in a lot of our stuff too. That 1960s, you ready for 1960s? <laughs> Man, I've been begging for uh, 1960s. Sure <laughs> <laughs> I'm begging for 1930s. So yeah. we'll see. I bet he's not. That'll be a that will be a monopod. <laughs> yeah. you know, movie I... Me, Dave, and uh, that's what me, Dave, and we gotta get Bob. We'll do the 1960s. Bob would rock that 1960s. Oh, there you go. I can do the 60s. I can't do much earlier than that. I can oh, do you, earlier. You could. Than that. You don't. I could, it. but I w- it would be. It would be we would very to, famous films. We, well, we would have to make like, it very broad. The It's uh, a Wonderful Life was in the fifties. Yeah, it might even have been in the forties. He was in the army and yeah, till forty five. Yeah, he's an army star, man. That guy. What's the movie with Jack Nicholson where he's tripping on acid? Easy Rider. <laughs> Is that Easy Rider? That's probably the, yeah. that could have been <laughs> the sixties. It's either late sixties or early seventies. Yeah. Probably was early seventies. I, I remember seeing that scene. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was that's a gorilla filmmaker. If we do like a gorilla filmmaker, I don't even remember that thing. movie very. Oh, it was much. great. I just I, remember that scene. Yeah, the whole movie was great. Uh, I loved all of that. So yeah, we there's so many different. I was thinking the other day we need a sequels pod, like favorite sequels of all time. Heck yeah, like, you know, there's I've, a huge opening for that. I've been cleaning out my one of my storage areas and found a bunch of. I thought I found some movies, but I just found the cases for the movies. Oh, he, did find, boo. he did find Black Rain for I me. Did find oh, super, nice. I'm super dude. excited to get Black Rain. But I found a case about a movie we haven't even whispered a, the name of it. And, it was and you got such do it a now? great movie. He's I want to at least it Skeleton Key. Oh, I love Skeleton Key. That was a great uh, movie with Kate uh, Hudson. Hudson and oh, uh, uh, Peter Skarsgård. Skarsgård. Such a great movie, man. And it was like a super super surprise ending on that yeah. one, man. Oh, is that the one about ah, like you're just gonna give away the ending? <laughs> no, I was just gonna ask. <laughs> is that the one where the guy gets killed at the end? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Does it? Is it in like Louisiana? It is. Okay, it's yeah, in the Bayou. See, the bayou. see. Yeah, it was really good. I know stuff. I know, I know things. <laughs> I know things and stuff. <laughs> but it, yeah, there was there was a there was a time when I would just go to here again. Oh yeah, and just if something new was there and. It Never heard of it. Had good actors you like, and had good actors. I would just buy it. Yeah, yeah. And 
Sometimes you got to. That's how you accumulated so much crap. That's how you <laughs> so much crap. I didn't have a ton of crap. No, no. You if had, I had, I had five hundred movies. Crap. I bet I had twenty five that you were like, well, "Why do you own this movie?" Nah. <laughs> it's like, can I use this as a coaster, please? Yeah. <laughs> I did. I use most of my movies as coasters. <laughs> yeah. I had to refurbish the other ones I got. Yeah. <laughs> so today's pod. These are films that are not well, going to be... fantastic. They're just, it, it is, I'm fascinated with these films. Yeah. <laughs> uh, these are all movies that could not be used. What we got here? I just handed Oh, that's them. right. That's I right. just handed a copy of That's my movie. Witness. So. Oh, I thought maybe it was a coaster. <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> right. We use my witness as a coaster. Uh, these movies we're going to talk about today definitely won't be used as coasters. <laughs> Better not. No. Uh, we're going to do our director's pod, and we've done several director's pods in the past. We did Spielberg, we did John Carpenter, and we did David Fincher. So yeah. we're starting a really good this, kind of legacy yeah. of different This one may be ones. the one everybody's waiting for. This though, one right? is Honestly, a huge you. one, uh, because I know certainly Jelani is going to be pissed when he hears we did it with him. Oh, you told me I could be a We didn't want you hijacking you the pod, the Jelani. We know we would. <laughs> you, you have a job during the day, yeah. unlike, unlike the rest of us. <laughs> and this guy has so many amazing films, but really, when you think so many, it's it's really only like ten. Yeah. He, he's got two in the works right now, uh, but the and you could really almost consider it. You can almost consider it eight if you considered the two parter as one Didn't movie. He say he's stopping at ten. No. Not, I heard he no, said. no, no, that's that's ridiculous. That's crazy talk right there. Fake news. You're crazy, man. You're crazy, man. <laughs> You're crazy. I like <laughs> you. You're crazy. Neck, man. All right, so we got a long build up here. So this All right, is, build it up. The director that we're going to be talking about today is the amazing Quentin Tarantino. Hell yes. I, for my money. No one does dialogue better than Quentin Tarantino. I would argue that all day long that he writes the best dialogue and the best script. Scripture is definitely his strong uh, point. Anyone that's why actors will trip over themselves to get a, to be a part of their production and will cancel other jobs they have to be part of the production. I love his dialogues too. Oh like yeah, his own personal. Uh, even the dialogue that's written for other people, I can almost in my head picture Quentin delivering. Yeah. a lot of times. Yeah, too. He's so weird. Yeah. yeah. He's, like on he's, screen, he's so weird and yeah. awkward. Like everybody's had this friend. Oh yeah, yeah. Where you're like, if uh, if someone hangs out with them that's never hung out with them, you're almost like, yeah, he, he's fine. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's just the way like, he is. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's just a movie fanatic, man. And he had an amazing. I can tell you a little bit about his origin kind of story because his mom was in the business. She worked as almost I think a, a secretary or something uh, in uh, California in Hollywood. Doing stuff, so she had a was able to get his foot a little bit in the door. Not so much that his uh, his work didn't really drive it. So he worked at a video store, very similar to that. I worked at a video store. He wrote scripts, similar. I like uh, wrote scripts, so I've really kind of uh, followed his path. He certainly has skyrocketed way more. Than <laughs> I think he's got. <laughs> I think he's got you so far. But he does. He does. And you're young. You're any young, moment man. I'm busting out. That's now. right. I mean, <laughs> and you know, he's got. He's working on twelve. You're working yep. on four. Yeah, but all his are great. <laughs> People have seen his movies. <laughs> I've seen your movies. Yeah. I've seen our movies, too. Wow. We've got five, too. Oh, five, sorry. Uh, tried to screw us out of Mr. Fortune's <laughs> a Rupert Allen right <laughs> uh, Anyways, so he had written a couple scripts before he even did his, his main one. He sold 
two scripts. He sold one. One two, of them was a big hit. He sold one to Tony Scott, and he sold two big hits. One to Tony Scott, and he sold one to Oliver Stone. The Tony Scott one turned out to be True Romance, yeah. and the Oliver Stone one turned out to be Natural Born Killers. That's so crazy. So it's crazy that he wrote both of those scripts. And then he wrote The Amazing Reservoir Dogs, which is where we're going to start with, too. I might jumble a few of these up. They're not necessarily going to go in uh, chronological order, because I really want to end with The Big Dog. Uh, the Big Dog? The Big Dog. All right. <laughs> you know The Big Dog. Let and the then we'll big talk dog a, eat. <laughs> and then we'll talk a little bit about his two movies that are gonna that are uh, in production or in development right now too. But with the Reservoir Dogs, it was very interesting. I was working at the video store, and I had rented it with my friend Ed, who uh, and we were living in Deep Creek. That um, Krasnodemsky. That Krasnodemsky, giving him a shout out. And uh, he had come over, and we watched like I had heard about it at the video store. That and I. When I worked at the video store, I would rent everything. Anything that remotely sounded good or I heard you didn't uh, have to inklings it. about. Yeah, it was uh, free. Yeah, it was free. Yeah. <laughs> it was great about it. So I took it home and we watched the first. He was a smoker. Uh, so we watched the first like half hour and then we went out on the porch and he was smoking a cigarette. And I was like, I can't believe how great this movie is. This is crazy. Yeah. We went back in there. We continued watching it, and he he was a fanatic smoker. So we had to take another break. I can't watch a movie. No, with man. People are trying to watch with Zach Gibbons <laughs> or Matt, our brother Matt. He's like that. He'll leave the theater. He'll he, when we're at the movie theater, he would leave the theater, smoke a cigarette outside, come back. What I miss? I was like, oh, there, I mean, man. I'm a smoker, a but I can. Nicotine patch or something. Yeah, yeah I can. I can make it through a movie. I mean, you know what I mean. I might smoke five seconds before the movie starts, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, or if somebody has to take like a bathroom, yeah, break, that happens. I'm gonna go out, you know, but yeah. I'm not gonna be like, hey. Pause this. I have to go outside yeah. and smoke. No, I, I mean, I, I do have to admit, I have brought a flask of bourbon into the theater oh, yeah. <laughs> on several occasions. I'm sure you're the only person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> me, when How me dare and you? my wife were, dare you. were uh, dare you, sir. partying and having fun, mm. we would just get a big giant Coke and dump there you go. a pint of bourbon in Every it. movie gets better. That's why <laughs> watching movies at your house is always better. Yeah. <laughs> Do what you want. You know. I agree. There are certain movies that I want to see in the theater. Oh, yeah. Revenant big grand movies. Uh, Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible was a really yeah, was, awesome uh, was a really theater. great one. You don't to watch get the same anything experience. on a grand scale. Yeah. Any comedy, I don't need to see a single comedy in the movie theater. No, ever. I really don't either. Unless it's like Tropic Thunder, Didn't it, you, because it's also great. I saw true, uh, Super Troopers two in the theater. Yeah. It was hysterical. Now, I mean, if you really, really want to see it, yeah, yeah, yeah. if yeah. it's something like that, I agree. Um, Predator came out today. Uh, not to get too far off topic, but you saw you went and saw one of those in the round movies. Up in St. Augustine recently. Oh, the uh, like IMAX theaters. Yeah, yeah that wasn't a real yeah. movie, though. That was like a documentary. documentary. It was like the Great Barrier. Documentaries Re- aren't real movies. <laughs> I love documentaries. Well, this was like a 45-minute one, too. It was like a 45-minute a uh, yeah. documentary narrated by Eric Bana, which is the perfect person I to narrate just it. finished Ken, Ken Burns' Vietnam. It was 10, two-hour Yeah, see, that's a, that's a crazy long documentary. But. Yeah. But so yeah, we had watched this movie Reservoir Dogs, and I remember introducing it to everybody, being like, "You need to watch this movie. This movie is fantastic." Yeah. So the story behind Reservoir Dogs, though, is he and like a lot of smart actor or directors, or especially early directors, got a major film star attached to it, and that's what happened with Reservoir Dogs. Is he got it to Harvey Keitel, and I think that's where maybe his mother came in, that he got the uh, kind of invite to go talk to Harvey Keitel or got the script to him. So Harvey uh-huh. read it, and Harvey's like, I love it. Yeah. He says, and I'll, I'll help champion this for you. And then they went, and I think they got Madsen, and then they got... Uh, Tim Roth and then they got Steve Buscemi and they just systematically got all these actors on board and 
the dialogue says it all. You know, this is a, an actor's movie. He's an actor's director, you know. Anyone that writes that fabulous dialogue that really gives every character their due and flushes it out and moves it along uh, into a satisfying ending. And, I mean, it's no surprise that he gravitates to the gore oh, and to yeah. the shocking. We'll be talking about a lot of the gore and the shocking elements. And there's at least probably two or three famous like when you're watching his films like that scene you're waiting for oh yeah yeah and and we'll be talking specifically about what those scenes are if we're talking reservoir dogs clearly it's madsen the ear scene the ear scene scene. and usually it's something like that where you can refer to it as the ear scene right he was the he was the he wasn't the first one to do it but he's (laughs) the first one to really bring light to it was that whole disjointed storyline yeah Uh with he started you in the middle, right? Yep. And you almost have to prepare, be prepared to not know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, you need for to be an active participant in yeah. The, yeah. in the movie. Okay, we're in, like when you jump into the and Tim Roth is shot in the stomach in the back seat of this car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and that was at the beginning of the movie, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, and he's yelling. Harry Keitel's yelling at you, like, "What the yeah. fuck happened?" You just man? have to. And it, it, it's ballsy that early on because usually when it's a a well-known director, you can be like, We're going right. to spoil these movies? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> usually when it's a well-known director that you have faith as a viewer that he's going to take you there. Oh, yeah. He'll get you yeah. there. Uh, but with a young director, you don't know that that's ever going to happen, right. too. Certainly, Quentin kind of established himself uh, by his second movie that he is, uh, and we're going to leave, we'll, we'll mention the names of these movies while we go in, but we're going to obviously go in on depth. Like, for Pulp Fiction, which is what we're going to finish this with, because I consider that his big dog movie. I saw it in the theater nine times. Oh, wow. Uh, and uh, that movie was, like you said, so disjointed. I mean, it was just all over the place, but then you figured out, uh, it made it more satisfying when you realized what was going on. Similar to like a movie like Memento, yeah, you know, where you were just kind of involved in it, you had to pay attention, which maybe a lot of people don't like it for that reason, reason. uh, that you have to actually pay attention, but it's almost like a, it's almost like a circus ride. And if you think about it, you can actually, since you're doing all jumbled up, you can tell a lot less. Yeah. Because... Later on, you can do a scene as long as you just reference what happened in the last one. Right, yeah. People will automatically make the connection. Connected, they yeah. don't need to know all the things that had to happen to lead up to that scene. Yeah. You just now you know, oh, okay. So when they found out, you didn't find out Tim Roth was a cop until he was pitching oh, no. that idea to his partner on the roof yeah. of the thing. And you're like, fuck, he's a cop. Yeah. And you've already seen him get shot. How'd he get oh, shot? God. And like, so you're already like, yeah, well, you got the seed in your head that or at some point you know he's going to get shot in the stomach. When does that happen? Right. You know, and uh, all these different things. So let's talk a little Reservoir Dogs. So we got these amazing actors. We got Steve Buscemi. Who was Michael, fantastic. Yep, and he had been in several things. I can't remember the first thing I saw Steve Buscemi in. That was the in, first thing I saw him in. But Tales from the Dark Side was way before this, so I certainly saw him in that Oh, first. I didn't realize he was uh, in that. Yeah, he was the professor that was trying to screw over Christian Slater huh. uh, at the beginning in the Mummy episode. Uh, and there were little things that I had seen him in, and around the same time he was doing, like, uh, uh, Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead was very close to when Reservoir Dogs came out. But he was a New York City firefighter before this. Really? I can't imagine that. Yeah. That's crazy. Carrying a hose upstairs. Yeah. yeah. And I told the story before when 9-11 hit oh, that's right. that he went and put his uniform back on and went to his old station and helped them out. That's crazy. He ain't going in the building, though. Yeah. yeah. 
Imagine looking next to you. Is it Steve Buscemi? Yeah, right. <laughs> I knew this had to have been a movie. <laughs> but you've got some old school guys like he worked Chris Pennon, who we've seen Chris Penn since he was super early on in yeah, like Footloose. Footloose. Footloose and the <laughs> one I was talking about at close range, he was amazing in. And uh, I loved Chris Penn and he was brilliant in this movie. But like I said, if you're, if you're reading Quentin Tarantino's dialogue... You've got to just like thank him from the bottom of your heart because he makes you, he elevates you that much better. You can oh, almost yeah. not be bad as long as you can deliver decent uh, uh, acting skills because his dialogue will take it 80% of the way is the dialogue and then you knock it out of the park yeah. with the other and, 20. And to speak to that, this is not, what I'm going to say is not a slam on Tarantino, but if he was to direct a movie that somebody else wrote, it wouldn't be as good as his movies are. I think uh, he, I don't know if his directing is Jackie decent. Brown. Jackie Brown wasn't him. That was Elmore Leonard. Elmore Leonard wrote the. I, wrote I guarantee you, he. I, don't know, I read the book. Changed. He it was brought pretty, Tarantino dialogue. Oh yeah, he dropped some. Tarantino That's what I'm saying. If Tarantino didn't but, have the dialogue, but if you read Elmore Leonard, Elmore Leonard is the Tarantino. Well, what novel. I mean is, his his shots aren't particularly fantastic. They're good. Like when I watch this movie, I'm not blown away visually. Yeah. Um, the story is well, awesome. It depends where you. It, Further down this list, you get. I mean, when we get to like Kill Bill and Inglorious Bastards, Inglorious cin- Bastards, cinematically, those better. are those are yeah. really crazy. Uh, he's just not shot films. to me. He's not known for that. Like that's not why I like him. No, I think I think when you think Tarantino, you're immediately gonna think dialogue first. Uh, but that's why I thought the pairing between him, him and him and Elmore Leonard was so good because Elmore Leonard, like I said, he's the Tarantino kind of novels. Maverick. He did Get Shorty, and he did all these crime books that just paired well with him. I've watched it, him do interviews. He's out of his mind. Who, Elmore? Yeah. Yeah, he's dead now, unfortunately. I wish he had. He's got so many different uh, novels that people can uh, come back and do. Like Out of Sight was another Elmore Leonard one that he did, which I thought was great. But... Uh, some other actors, we got Lawrence Tierney, who plays the kind of guy that runs the entire group, and uh, the big bald guy that's giving out the names of oh, Mr. Yeah. Blonde. With the voice. With yeah. the d- dark voice. And I hear he's the real deal. The- There's some really great, if you watch the making of Reservoir Dogs, some great stuff where Chris Penn just spills the beans about how crazy Lawrence Tierney was, and that he would, uh, they would go to barbecues at his house, and uh, or... At someone else's house, Lawrence Tierney's just crazy, and they wouldn't. They'd have to keep the alcohol away from him, and he was stealing like lawn chairs from him and everything. <laughs> they were like, "This guy's nuts, man!" And uh, he's done several movies. I remember he was the bartender in uh, Silver Bullet. He was also oh, wow. he also played Elaine's dad in Seinfeld in like, oh, really? one, one random <laughs> episode. So, and the I coffee house not, scene with him is. That's kind of his so famous great. thing. That's the opening scene, and that was also as a screenwriter. It. You didn't realize he really gave you the opportunity. You didn't realize you were allowed to use that much pulp culture yeah. in your own script. Because you, you think of how much he talks about different movies from the yeah. 70s and, or like talking about the Madonna, Madonna uh, yeah. talking about the Madonna song and yeah. everything. And you don't think about that when you're writing. You kind of want to write your own thing and you feel like you, you're writing a, uh, a fictitious movie you don't want to bring in real life acting right into the movie but he yeah. does that in almost every single one his music kind of carries along uh, a general theme in his movies and all his soundtracks are really really good oh yeah i, I own absolutely. several of them the pulp fiction soundtrack reservoir dog soundtrack uh, in particular but, i bet he doesn't have a song after 1980 on i love or after ni- the 1980s and- i mean definitely he he kind <clears throat> of goes towards the 70s as his wheelhouse i think for the stuff that he likes 
effects. You can tell by the actors he uses. And uh, he, he's a big fan of like the black exploitation films with Pam Greer and Sid Haig and all these great stars that he likes to bring back, Robert Forster. And it's just amazing what he's able to do. Yeah, he also has um, in his later movies uh, RZA doing a lot yeah, of RZA, tracks yeah, and yeah. stuff like oh, that. Yep. Yeah, no, he. So I guess that is him going more a little bit modern. It just is. goes with what he's doing. You know, you can tell by by watching his films that, like I said, not only is he a fan of those seventies black exploitation films, but he's a fan of kung fu movies because yeah. kung fu movies are a they huge kind of go theme. hand in hand. Yeah. Well, it's all the seventies. When you think the seventies, those are two kind of counterculture elements that were major uh, in cinema and in music too. So he worked them really well, and. So Reservoir Dogs. So what what went wrong on the bank robbery? I'm trying to remember, or not the bank robbery, the somebody the jewelry heist. got trigger happy. I think and yeah. shot somebody. Is that what it was? They could, were I, yelling and like CB Semi was like, I was asking like Michael a, Madsen. Yeah, if they hadn't have done what I told them not to do, they would have been alive. Ah, okay. Yeah. Michael Madsen was just a loose cannon. He was a loose cannon. Yeah. It's always one of those kind of and kind and, of shows it later on. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. you don't realize kind of the extent that he. Would go. You don't kidnap and torture a cop. That's yeah, it. yeah. You're they're gonna find you and kill you. If it, I mean, he meets a different end, but yeah, that would have been an yeah. end. What's some of your favorite uh, moments in this? Um, I mean, I, I like it straight through, man. I just love I like the, the whole movie. I really enjoyed the diner scene with the different conversations going on at once. That's really difficult. I don't yeah. tip. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is when you when you're out there doing a movie like we've done several movies. At, with large casts all around a table, it's it's hard, man. It's hard to shoot coverage just right. It's hard to b- bounce that dialogue off of people, and, to and, ma- and still make conversations it en- to go and over still make it right. engaging. You know, you can do it, but it's not going to be as engaging. And but it has to look natural. People have yeah. to be eating and drinking and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it's difficult to do. It seems like an easy thing, but it's not. And the dialogue that he wrote helps. I love uh, Harvey Keitel's line where he says, you shoot me in a dream, you better wake up and apologize. (laughs) I like the the office scene when he brings him in to see his dad. Chris Penn brings him in to see his dad for the first time. And they're like wrestling on the floor. He tried to fuck me. Did you see that? (laughs) (laughs) Now, Remy Martin. (laughs) Who did you get? Skagnity. He's a ball buster. (laughs) All great yeah. stuff. Or when he's giving out the names. Yep. Somebody else on another job is yeah. Mr. Black. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you just call me Mr. Shit? Yeah. <laughs> you are Mr. Pink. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little too close to Mr. Pussy. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? What are some of the key moments? Beside the ear scene. We'll talk the ear scene. Yeah, yeah. Scene. I mean, I actually really like uh, Buscemi in the scene where he's running away, shooting at yeah. the police. Absolutely. And ends up jacking that he car. grabs that girl out of the front seat, man. Yeah. Just the, the way the gunfire is, and it seems very natural how it would be messy. You oh, know? yeah, absolutely. It just screwed up. Yeah, those three cops come around the corner, and he's just sitting there with the gun already on the top of the oh, car yeah. and just starts unloading <laughs> on him to be able to get in and get away. Um, I love... Tim Roth practicing his script oh, of the, the store of the rooftop with the uh, with the other black cop. Yeah, when he's like, "You got to be natural as hell, man. You got to learn it and learn it and learn it." And they show him, and it was a beautiful cut sequence where they show him doing it at his house. They yeah. show him doing it on the rooftop, and then he's doing it in the scene. Mm-hmm. And by the time he does it in the scene, he nails it, man. And he's telling all this great stuff, and you got that magic carpet ride song in the background and everything. Yeah. I just I just freaking love it, man. Yeah. And this was definitely the first time I saw Tim Roth in anything 
Oh yeah. And, uh, was he in well, I, other stuff? Uh, you know, yeah, oh yeah, he had been in a bunch of stuff. On. Yeah, he had been in a bunch of stuff. But the, after, for all these actors, after Reservoir Dogs hit, it was like, a, and he does this for everybody. I mean, you think of oh, how, yeah, you think of how dead boost. Travolta's career was yeah. before Pulp Fiction came back. I mean, the only remote thing he did was Look Who's Talking. Yeah. And then it carried him, um, it carried him for a while. Oh, it carried yeah. him for a long fucking time. Like 15 years yeah. he was doing stuff. But you think Steve Buscemi, how his, he's he end up getting Con Air. I don't, can't wrap my head around that. Yeah. 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 I, lo- I love him in Mr. Deeds. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love um, uh, Buscemi and uh, Billy Madison. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. He, he Man, I'm glad in, I called that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is he in Waterboy, too? Or is that Rob Schneider in the back? Schneider That's was, Schneider, Schneider yeah. was in that. Uh, what yeah, I was gonna say I um I'm not sure of the year of release. I'm pretty sure this one came uh, Reservoir Dogs came out before Pulp Fiction. Yeah, ninety two. Yeah, but I saw Pulp Fiction before I saw Reservoir oh, really? Dogs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, that's where I saw Tim Roth for the first time. I just remember you had all the posters. Oh yeah, when we they moved it, really, when I moved to Gainesville, they, they had, had really oversized cool posters too. They oversized, were like, huge. like oh wow, that's three, awesome. Like five feet by three feet. Yep, and they were cool. Noir, yeah, noir, kind of. Yeah, blood splatters on them and yeah. everything, and it was really great. I loved having those like posters. The wolf. Yep. Yeah. I had one at the uh, at Mod's Cafe, the coffee shop here in town, for the longest time. That one of the wolf on the wall too. And I thought it was awesome. I loved writing there with it, kind of nearby. It gave me inspiration. It gave me inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Reservoir Dogs. Let's talk the ear scene because I remember when everyone saw it, it, it was shocking. Because oh yeah, there wasn't that much. This is obviously violence has been around in films for as long as you can think of, but the blatant torture on film of this guy and how much they showed too, because at, at first they kind of did it stylistically, you know, the camera panned off, it came back uh, back on, yeah, and but man, the dialogue leading up to it too, he says, "I don't care if you're lying or you're not lying, I'm going to torture you, yeah, just for nothing else, just for my own amusement." But you know. Stephen Wright with the sounds of the 70s. Oh, yeah. and super sounds of the 70s. Yes. K- oh K-Rock. My God, K-Rock, super you know. sounds of the 70s. That's what's great. The soundtrack has him in between the songs doing that. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah. good. Um, but yeah, when he turns on, you know, clowns to the left of me, jokers to stuck the right. Stuck in the middle with you. Yeah, stuck yep. in the middle, man. And he's, you can't hear that song. And he's like, oh, no, oh, yeah. not at all. I can't think of the scene without thinking of the song, and I can't hear Green the little, song uh, without Green thinking of the Green Little Bag also, scene. when they're walking at the beginning up against oh, yeah, the the brick wall when they're doing their intro. With a poster, yeah. That was another song. All those songs, really, uh, that yeah. were from that movie. That's, that's something that he does really well. That if you, when songs can stick with you like that, because I, almost any song, if I hear from the '80s and the '70s, if it was played in a prominent movie, I can oh, yeah. pick it out like that that's and be like, "That's where I that, go from." Um, was it Simple Minds song? From yeah, Donnie Darko. Yeah, that, when you're getting out of and immediately bus, kind of all I think of him. head over heels. Yeah, immediately takes you right there. Maybe it's Tears for Fears. Uh, Tears of Fears, yeah. yeah. Um, I just remember that this movie had the most F-words I've ever heard. It did. So much so <laughs> that my, my dad made me turn it off oh, at, wow. at one point. And he was like, yeah, I don't... He had a problem with too many F-words in a movie because it... it <laughs> and he was in the Navy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's you a lie, You swear like a sailor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> not on my boat. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it, it, it certainly did... But with the uh, with the ear scene, I mean, he bust out that straight razor. Oh yeah, and he had cut it off before they actually showed it because mm-hmm. they just showed he, it in his hand. Yeah, and then he started yeah. talking they, to can it. Can you still hear me? Yeah. His yeah. reaction when he did it, he, like he was almost grossed out. Yeah, 
because of he's like Egh. yeah and he like wipes his hand on the guy's uniform but then oh. the song ends and when the song ends that's when we see the close-up of uh the side of uh, his the head side of his head yeah and it was some great special it, oh yeah dude, i mean it, it looked was, real it was gory and, and if it wasn't bad enough then he just took that slow walk out yeah. to the car oh. to get the gasoline yes do you realize do you know there's a couple of easter eggs and i'll mention one now here that uh when they show Michael Madsen in his trailer and Kill Bill, that gas can is in there. Really? Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So same exact gas can that he used. That's awesome. He, they use a lot of those that kind was of cool them. Easter eggs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and for Quentin fans, yeah. you've got that eye. That's that can awesome. Pay attention to that stuff because he does a lot of those, like uh, the Red Apple cigarettes. They're, mm-hmm. they're in all his movies. That's really? the brand he uses, Red Apple cigarettes. Is there such brand or is it made? No, I think it's his brand. I think he just made, made it his up. own cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> made his own packaging. But yeah, I mean, you know, and so as that scene gets over and and Tim Roth shoots him, you know, yeah, because you thought he was going to light him up. Yeah, he douses him. With the You're gasoline, just waiting for and it. He's got the Zippo pulled out yep. with the flame yep. in the air. And then you don't see it. I mean, you're you're not even seeing it. Yeah, on it's just camera. gun off the side. And, and so I you're like, like, who the fuck just? You thought somebody exactly. walked in the back of the warehouse? Yeah. Because and never in a million years did you think Tim because he was, was passed it. out at that. point. Yeah, he got oh, shot yeah. in the gut. Other yeah. than the, you forget the first it was half so of the movie. Much blood. Oh my god. Oh, the like, back of that so car. Much. As much yeah. as he lost, they, he would have probably been dead twice. Yeah. yeah. That's that standoff when they're all pointing guns at each other is about to my that's a great one yeah man. and the, I'm pointing the gun at my dad yeah oh, oh my god <laughs> or harvey yeah. Keitel, the disappointment harvey Keitel oh, because he yeah. really believed yeah. Tim Roth was oh, gonna, yeah. my god. and he was willing to sacrifice his life yeah, and kill did. somebody else yeah, man to be able to I did, do I, it i hate one of my, i hate seeing people get screwed over yeah, yeah. and that's even if even though it was a criminal right. thing yeah. he believed in it's him. that betrayal and that betrayal you know? oh yeah. yeah man it's like Ugh. Fuck you, Kappa! <laughs> <laughs> it was really good, man. And there's not, other than maybe the Tim Roth character, there wasn't really a redeemable character in it. No. You know, they, they all had their issues, and you could tell that these were just some dirty-ass criminals that came together and had really no empathy dirty. or... Yeah. <laughs> they were wearing suits. These <laughs> <laughs> are classy criminals. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it really was one of those movies that kind of... I know at the video store it was one that we were like, but you had to kind of gauge the viewer before you recommended this to people because yeah. it was shocking yeah. at the time too. Did mom like this one? She loved it. She loves all of yeah. these movies. She loves all Quentin Tarantino movies, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's a couple maybe that she doesn't like. Uh, she gets less offended than I think she will sometimes. Yeah, well, that's the time period, you know, too. You know, you grow with the time. Yeah. And I think she would have well, been... She grew up reading she every been book under the planet, which yeah. probably has ten times worse stuff than and you've ever seen in a movie. And she was into true crime for the longest time. I think she's, she's kind of soured on it now. I think after she read it's the... overdone? Well, no, it's just the... When you get older, it gets harder to deal with. You oh. put yourself in the situation like... I think she told me that the hardest... She read them all. She read Bundy's and uh, and uh, Dahmer and all those. He said Ted Bundy was the hardest one she had to read. She said it was just Ted, too much. Because he was charismatic. Yeah, because it could happen to anybody. And he would you know? charm the shit out of these girls and yeah. then just be vicious. Oof. So, and it's hard to, I don't want to put it on him, but Quentin Tarantino certainly had a hand in... Uh, and kind of alleviating the the stigma of violence on film because the, some of his movies, super super violent, man. 
Why don't we jump around to another one here? Why don't we jump all the way to Inglorious Bastards? Oh, hell yeah. I love Inglorious Bastards, and I'm thinking violence here. This had some uber violence on yeah. it, man. Some really crazy stuff, and I watched this. <laughs> it had some ridiculous violence. But oh, it also yeah. had uh, my one of my favorite scenes, was that opening scene. Oh, man. man. And it lasted and you for never, like 15 and minutes, And you never had heard of that guy. In a million... Christoph, and he had done about 100 movies. Oh, probably. my God. And he had, he's only, he's won... Two Academy Awards for Since Best then? Supporting Actor. Or before that? From, from this Tarantino? And from Django. Django, yeah. The two Academy Awards he's won are become, because yeah. of Quentin Tarantino's. It's also the only two Academy Awards won by an actor That's in a Tarantino why foreign film. actors, man, they always want to be There's been Hollywood. a bunch of nominated. People forget that Robert Forrester was nominated for an Academy Award for Jackie Brown. Huh. Uh, I'm just so impressed at how many <laughs> languages this guy. Can oh yeah, yeah. and he moved from. Uh, and he speaks is, three or four in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> and he did his all his own dubbing when they did it in German. Uh, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, because all his that was what was great about Inglorious Bastards. Either you you bought into it or you didn't. How much English was probably twenty percent of the movie. It was really all German and French. Yeah. in the movie, and I and Italian. Loved it. uh, there was some Italian in it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I loved it because I kept. <laughs> Arriva Derchi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I loved it. I do not shy away from subtitles, and if it's doing it in a movie, yeah. nothing makes it worse than uh, when you're doing a period piece, Nazi Germany or even any uh, side of the war, when they're not doing it in their native tongue. I mean, come on. Do it in your native tongue, man. Well, some movies yeah. I forgive, and some I don't. Like, it, um, like some I can understand, and they do it in a clever way. What comes to mind is Hunt for an October. Yeah, I was just going to say, Sean when Connery. They, when they push in on his lips, and they're speaking Russian, and then it goes from his lips, and he starts speaking, speaking English, and they're doing that just for the viewer. Right. But I wonder you, who thought of that. Cause it's a like, good idea. It was a brilliant a idea, idea when they did it. It was really, really amazing. Now, just a quick thing. I was listening to our uh, Marvel pod the other day, and the guy from... Captain America Civil War is yep. Herr Mueller yep. in uh, Inglourious Very Bastards. small role in uh, Inglourious Bastards, really. I mean, pivotal as it is, because he's the one that kind yeah. of got, the, uh, got her to use the cinema. Mm-hmm. And But she's from the beginning of that movie, man. Let's yeah. talk a little bit about oh, the beginning man. of that movie. You want to talk about the beginning? Okay. Yeah, I mean, it. it's kind of... It's a, that scene probably played out yep. over, oh. over the German thousands, countryside. Thousands of times. Thousands of times. Oh, thousands when this was France, I think. Yeah, yeah. So once the Nazis occupied France, their hatred for the Jews didn't. They continued to all the lands that yeah. they invaded. So right. they tried to occupied. They yeah. tried to get rid of all the Jews in France, and so people would hide them. Yep. Obviously, successfully sometimes. And successfully sometimes, sometimes. Unsuccessfully. And so he was kind of like the viceroy of this sort of hamlet or area, and mm. he would go door to door and he had lists and he was like we they call him like the jew hunter yeah it's like it's like oh we knew there was some jews living around here and tell me a little bit about them what their names and so but it was uncomfortable it was very uncomfortable uncomfortable. the guy invites him inside he's got daughters daughters he's got a bunch of cute 20 year old daughters standing around sends him outside sends him outside and uh and you know they do that awesome Drop yeah. of the camera, yeah. kind of goes through the floorboards. They yeah. must have filmed it like in half of a 
set, yeah. and you see them hiding under the floorboard. Yeah. So you knew early on that they were there. Yeah. yeah. But he's got that uncomfortable dialogue when he's like comparing rats, uh, Jews to rats, and then rats to squirrels. You know, and he's like, if a rat came in your house, you wouldn't invite him in, and you wouldn't offer him some of your delicious milk, milk here, would yeah. you? He says, no, probably not. Yeah. Uh, then they're they're smoking their uh, pipes. their pipes, and, and he's got that talking about he's got a huge, pipe. ridiculously huge yeah. pipe. Kristoff has our dad <laughs> smoked a pipe. It was yeah. always weird. Mm-hmm. Like I've never seen anybody. There's else. not many people that are pipe smokers. Yeah, my dad, had to do my that. Dad probably even less pipe. now. He was watch at night on a ship, mm-hmm. and you couldn't smoke. Yeah. Because of the ember uh-huh. from the enemy during right. Vietnam right but you could smoke a pipe interesting it was down, was down. Yeah. yeah yeah he had a callus calluses all over his thumb because he was constantly putting it out putting it out or pushing it down yeah, yeah. But captain black captain black that was his uh that was his brand he branched out and got everyone to get cavendish the, the cavendish, cavendish, yeah. cavendish smell good man oh, nothing s- smells better nothing than, smells better than, than tobacco our friends oh. would come over the house and they were like if it I love tasted the way it smells yeah 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 you know what dog food tastes like it tastes just like it smells delicious delicious Inglorious bastards. <laughs> what was was crazy about it is watching the movie. You thought he was going to hold strong the the, fa- yeah. the father, yeah. you know, the the homeowner there. Well, he did, didn't he? No, no. he gave him he up. He gave him up. He gave him up. Yeah, because yeah. Oh, he asked eyes. him. He no, had, he he really because Christoph, he asked him if they spoke. Uh, Either German yeah, or, or, or American, but he even before <laughs> but even before then, he was looking at him and he was like, "If there is something going on here, he says we will, I we will even reward you with the, leaving your family alone. We will just pass right over and everything." Yeah. And then he, you saw Christoph's face get really stern, and the guy's tears started rolling out yeah. his eyes, and he asked him in German. He he's like, "Are they?" Are they here? And he uh, and he kind of just made a movement, but then he stood up and, and he, walked he, out. And Christoph m- motioned for his hand. That's when he said, "I take it because we're speaking German that they don't speak German." Mm. Uh, it was either German or English. Or he was it speaking was English. English at yeah, that point. Yeah, it was English. He's, and he because then he changed to Eng- uh, German and was fooling them and saying, "Well, thank you for your help. I exactly. guess we're all done here." Yeah. And then he says he invited his girls back in, but it wasn't the girls coming in the house; yeah. it was the soldiers coming in. Oh my god! And then they plowed down the uh the machine guns into the floorboards but one of them got out yeah and really when you think of the movie when you rewatch it a second time if he had only killed that one person <laughs> yeah uh, and that he one girl gone after us he's right there i know yeah i mean <laughs> he had a jeep yeah i know, he right? did. I know and he, he ended up just screaming alvita zane to her as she's yep. like on her way out yeah and that was that the fall of the back. third reich Yep, yeah. it, really was. it really was. Yeah, I mean, he, according to Tarantino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You take, he takes liberties, and I'm okay with it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And I was comparing it to like Spielberg. You know, when uh, when Spielberg's at the end of the uh, end of Jaws, and people are like, "You can't kill a shark that way." So I got this audience for an hour and a half. They'll believe whatever the hell I do. Pretty much, yeah. Absolutely. And it was with Quentin Tarantino. He says, "I want to kill Hitler at the end of my movie. I'm going to kill Hitler." Yeah. People will you get cheer. a better reaction. Yeah, yeah absolutely. People will cheer with it happening yeah. too. So basically, after that scene, we go into the Brad Pitt scene, where it's basically the Dirty Dozen in a way. Yeah, you know, and once again, him his callback to a great '70s movie mm-hmm. and something that you know he was a huge fan of. And I think that was kind of the uh, the infancy of this kind of script, is he wanted to do something, you know, similar to the Dirty Dozen, but evolving uh, Nazi Germany. So we've got the great um, Brad Pitt. 
Yeah. Who's got a very great cast of characters of uh, Just different weird actors. Kind of yeah, different like, actors. And even Eli Roth was playing somebody I wouldn't expect. To well, be. he's a director. I mean, Eli Roth is the director of uh, Cabin Fever and uh, a lot of Hotel uh, Hostel. Uh, Hostel. He did the Hostel yeah. movies and I everything. Never, I never and, saw but he's a character. He's a character in himself. If you've ever seen interviews with him and he's done acting before, that. Uh, he was uh, is he on American Horror Story, or was that the other guy that looks like? No, him? that's that's uh, Zachary Quinto. Okay. Kind of looks like him, yeah. Uh, but he came in as the uh, the Jew Bear in this yeah. in this movie. Those little like Tarantino does those little flashbacks after they introduce somebody. Yeah, he's the guy he even that... puts the name on the screen a lot. Yeah. like he yeah. did it with the guy from uh, remember the, one Russian, of my favorite guys, the German the guy. German guy. From great. SLC Punk, remember SLC oh, yeah, Punk? Yeah, yeah. He's the drug dealer that kept would keep them there all oh, day right, long right. and talk about. Remember, he's talking to them in the shower. You see the shower piece? It's great. <laughs> 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 he was so funny in SLC. If you haven't seen he SLC, he was not Punk, funny in this movie. No, have you seen SLC Punk with Matthew Lillard? I have. Oh once. my god, so funny, man! Yeah. We haven't talked about that on the pod at all. We I love the part where the there. guy just starts bashing all the cars. Uh, bashing all the cars. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the crazy. Oh yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. This this guy was great in that. And this this was like what you said. They showed that little vignette of him doing his stuff. He was just a, a German that turned on Germans. Yeah. And the Nazis. The scene where he shoves his well, hand down hero, that guy's throat. Of. Do you remember oh. that? <laughs> that was like that was one of the key Tarantino moments where you didn't expect it and you're seeing it. And you're like, holy crap! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the, I'm not sure that could ever even work, God, but the, he's doing it. The one that got me is when he hits the guy with the bat. Yeah. yeah. But then they do a far pull away shot oh, yeah. of him like caving in the guys oh, yeah. must have been a rubber head or something uh-huh. oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. like no i'm pretty was... sure that was the real guy no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's dedication man. he's a stunt man damn they can take punish uh yeah well that was what that scene happened shortly afterwards too where you saw what they did you know and i love how they it's a call back to the very end of the movie with Kristoff when they were like when when this war is over you're going to take off that uh uniform yeah. and they were like yeah and he says not nah, see that's where i don't like it you know i i like to be able to know who's a nazi and a who nazi. isn't a nazi yeah so since you're going to be the one taking off that uh uniform we're going to have to give you a little something that we'll be able to spot who's who and they show them, uh, and it, it really was done well. It was hard to watch when they did it to Kristoff. Oh, yeah. yeah. It really, I don't know how and they did it. They put the application on his yeah, head. Yeah, and, they and just, it just looked great. bladder filled or something. And yeah. So, yeah, what he was doing, it was he was just, they would carve the Nazi symbol into, in the SWAT sticker into people's heads with the, the biggest knife you've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> even, big old Bowie knife. Probably, he even Crocodile Dundee would be like, holy crap, yeah, that's, that's a knife. That's a knife, yeah. But... That, that's, that symbol is not as offensive as in here in the U.S. as it is mm. used to be. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of key scenes in this movie that I think people kind of always come back to. One of the major ones for me, and it, you forget that it lasted a good 20, 25 minutes. Like, Quentin Tarantino's movies always are about 2.45 oh, yeah. to, uh, to 3 what hours. Was and the, it's the scene in the, uh, no. in the bar. Oh, that yeah. was great. I love the yeah. scene in the bar. Absolutely. It's, with it's, the, it's certainly with the cards. With the three, and the three instead fingers. of the three. Yeah. yeah. But it starts off with them. You realize that they got this German actress to kind of be an inside guy. Right. This was also one of the first times we saw Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Uh, playing a Brit uh, at, at first, but then he kind of 
does his German accent not quite as well. Yeah. Uh, and the guy that opposite him that finds him out oh, was yeah. really good at yeah, this. Yeah, he was And I looked really him up good. and I didn't see, I don't know anything he's been in. Huh. He got uh, shot in the sense. dick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, man. Oh. So, yeah, that hmm. scene there was really great because you got to, you got it, you went in there and it was some guy who just found out his wife, uh, his wife just gave birth like yeah. five hours to earlier. a boy, to a boy, yeah. Maximilian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, they're playing this game where they put the card with a famous name on it up against their head and everyone else has to, he has to, gets to ask questions to everyone else who's looking at that name to find out who, to he, find is. Out who he is and right. everything. And it seems like a fun, cool little that, drinking game. They have that app. Oh, that's do they? the only app I've ever played Oh, I've for. played that. Oh, the Heads Up app? The Heads I think it's Up, heads up. app. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that was an Ellen. I played, I, think it Ellen a, I played it at a bar. I think Ellen yeah. created that app. Really? Yeah, I that's think that was cool. her because she does it on her show a lot. Uh, but it was interesting. That's when you got to see Michael Fassbender who came in as a British officer. First time we saw him was being introduced by Mike, <gasps> Michael Ma- Mike Myers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> With a ton of makeup on. Yep, and Rod Taylor too. Rod Taylor, you, most people don't even know it was him or even know who Rod Taylor is. He he played Winston Churchill in that scene in the background. Oh, yeah. You could oh, just hear wow. him. But Rod Taylor was the guy from The, bur- uh, the Birds, and he was in The Time Machine, the original Time yeah. Machine, old school actor that – he didn't look any, when he got older he was he was that really thin actor in the birds and then when he got older he, he ballooned up nicely as Rodney Dangerfield would say <laughs> and uh, he got really old and he played this di- totally different types of characters so he was perfect to play uh, Winston Churchill but once again Quentin the way Quentin's mind works when he's casting I love how he's like man there's so many great actors in the 70s and early 80s that aren't doing it anymore I'm going to revitalize their career I'm going to bring them back and put them in my movies and uh, if I was an old actor I'd be Standing out in front of his driveway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. remember me? Remember me? Yeah. <laughs> we'll get uh, a. Yeah, we'll get uh, we'll get the guy from the Cosby Show. Yeah, <laughs> who's also in an uh, NCIS now too. He just got hired for an NCIS nice. uh, awesome uh, episode too. So some things turn out job well. Shames me. <laughs> yeah, no, job shame me right Dave, now. God, Dave, Dave I can't. Form. Yeah. <laughs> I saw him the other day. He had goat shit all over. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. Uh, so yeah, Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, so I love that scene in the bar, man, where one slight gesture. Yeah. It was the ordering of the drinks. Yeah. And Michael Fassbender holds up three fingers, not realizing that it's the wrong three fingers. And yeah. if a German was going to do it, he would do the thumb and the middle and the index yeah. finger and not the index, middle, and ring finger. And who would know that, man? It's just an amazing thing. But he writes this dialogue and gets these actors who just make the scene so uncomfortable. And you know it's going to and badly but yeah. I mean that premise is immediately uncomfortable yeah. if you have people pretending to be somebody they're not yeah. and then someone else is like in their space when they just want to stay anonymous especially that of someone with authority too yeah, of you course. know and a gun yeah you know <laughs> That but, guy was great, man. Oh yeah, he was really, really good. Absolutely. I've seen him in something since then. Yeah, I haven't. I looked him up. Uh, the 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 girl I had seen before, the girl who played the German actress, she was the the blonde girl from uh, National Treasure, both the National Treasure movies. Huh. Uh, but that really uh, the only ones I had seen she, her in. They rolled her, like she. They, well, yeah, but remember, Kristoff. She shot. Her, she got shot in the foot. <laughs> she got shot in the in leg. The foot. And remember, yeah. yeah in the, but it was in the leg during an operation that yeah Pitt was Brad running, Pitt. and then Pitt, Brad Pitt was gonna. Didn't he have like? 
he's going to take this bullet out, and if you help us, we'll give you the Novocaine. No, he stuck his finger in the wound. Oh, yeah. <laughs> stuck yeah. his thumb in the wound while she was, like, giving up everything and told yeah. the Fuhrer is going to be at the cinema because that girl at the beginning who gets she away. She pretty quick. She ends <laughs> up, uh, that girl from the beginning who gets away ends up opening a uh, cinema yeah. who she just happens to meet the guy from Civil War yeah. who plans, instead of doing it at the Ritz-Carlton, where they're going to watch this premiere of this famous German uh, yeah. guy's movie and the, the girl, and they... They were going to have, uh, is it Gerber? What was the other German's name? Uh, yeah, Gerber. Like Gorbel uh, or Gro- something. Grobel? Uh, Gerber is a baby food. Now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Gorbels. How dare you put the Gerber <laughs> together again? I'm sorry, Gerber. It's probably a Jewish major. <laughs> hey, you know, Heinz used to make um, pasta shaped like swastikas. What? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Now, now the Pittsburgh Steelers are all screwed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They own Heinz 57. Yeah, right. Uh, so what ends up happening, you know, that French girl from the beginning gets away. She opens the cinema. They end up having the whole, basically the whole German, like, high command the third, there. Right. Yeah. And the, even Hitler was there, and they didn't even plan that. But unfortunately, Fassbender was going to be part of the team to go Gearing in with, uh, with the blonde girl. And then he ended up getting killed. And uh, you never think Fassbender is going to be in a movie that uh, that small of a role, but he wasn't famous at this point. So right. now he's huge, and they would never kill him off that early. Right. Uh, so what's great is... It's great, but it's also stupid that the fact that uh, Brad Pitt it got thought he silly was, a little bit at the end. Well, Brad the, Pitt thought he was going to be able to pull that role off. You knew he was going to be able to yeah, pull that role off. And the off. other two guys well, didn't but, speak Italian either. Right. But at the same time, I mean. They it, had to try. I mean, exactly, Hitler was yeah, going to be I mean, you have to. You I think know. they were even willing, if they were going to die, they were going to do it. Uh, they were going to go down in flames. Well, it's well, like the, the two the guys, two guys, that guys do. committed suicide. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, to I mean, yeah. But. What I don't think anyone saw coming was Kristoff's flip. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Where he really, I mean, you thought he got him when he choked her out. Which yeah. Which was a really intense scene. Was, because yeah. Intense. Watching it, you're thinking Brad Pitt's going to bust through the door in yeah. a minute. Yep. And sure as shit, no. Yep. He just choked Chokes her out. Death. And she... He gets on the call uh, on the phone and said, "Bring the guy in the white smoking jacket in." And they that great scene where they like topple Brad Pitt to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a bag on his head. They yeah. stick him the bag his on buddy. his head. Yep. And uh, they bring him in there, and you realize certainly uh, uh, shortly after that that Kristoff wants to defect, yeah. and he wants to live in Nantucket. Yeah, <laughs> that's a <laughs> good he, spot. The yeah. problem was that he actually believed that they would go along with it, that they was some honor among these guys. Which right. how do you ever thought that was going to work for him? But they, I think they just gave, I think they gave him the SWAT circuit and let him defect. Yeah, they probably they, did because. I mean, you he would be a hero to the U.S. even though you used to be a Nazi. Right. If you flipped and, if he and was gave in, up Hitler, that's yeah. pretty heroic. The yeah. problem was is they knew how much bad shit this guy did. That's yeah. Right. If, if it was some random German officer who was like, I've never wanted to be a part of this. Right, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't want to be a part of it now. I wasn't a part of it then. I was just kind of an observer. Yeah. yeah, then they could really that's forgive you and everything, but... Uh, that was the one where they did too much English in it, though. You know, Valkyrie. Yeah, yeah Valkyrie. I think they got it in the. Well, they did the same flip in that, though. Yeah, that was know? the thing, though. I, Maria's I, relatives had a hand yeah. in that. Oh wow! And two of them were sentenced to death after that happened. Oh and shit! They, the war ended before they carried out the death sentence. Well, that's good. That's <laughs> <So. laughs> good. Good for Maria. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. So yeah, that was Inglorious Bastards, man. It was great, and they did not hold back on the violence for sure. Man. No. And like we said, that Kristoff scene at the end where he carves that thing into his head, whew, looked really yeah. good. Uh, well, or the scene where the guy beats him to death with the baseball with the bat. The baseball bat. Yeah. Those are Oof. the two really 
famous kind of grotesque scenes, that and the fist down the throat, which yeah. which didn't last that long, but it was... Uh, Sometimes it's even worse. Yeah. yeah. When it's a flash. Yeah, because oh, it yeah. sticks what? with you, because <laughs> your brain's like, what was that? I need to see that again. Yeah, yeah. Good thing for mm. pause buttons. Yeah. <laughs> so what do we want to talk about next? When you want to pick one? A, you pick one? Yeah, well, leave. we're going to leave Pulp Fiction to the end. Okay, well, let's talk about the Kill Bills then. Let's Ooh, do Let's yeah. go right to Kill Bills. We'll do one and two right after, right each, after other. each other. All right. Because I'm going to get them confused. Oh no! I, a little bit. Not. I would confuse stuff from two, thinking it was in one, but definitely not stuff in one. Thinking it was. Did two. you have mm. uh, before we talk about? Was there one that you liked more than the other, or do you lo- always look at them as one unit? I don't because know. there is the there is the bride yeah. saga which they came yeah. up with they later, put them together where they put them together, I which is basically that. just butted up. The weird uh-huh. thing is, is that those two movies, I, I probably I love them both. I rank the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, I like my, if I choose to go to a scene. Which one had more scenes in it than that you liked? I would say number oh. two. See, I would go number two. The also. trailer scene with. Number two had more of a Western with Michael feel. Madsen was great yeah. in number two. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And with Daryl Hannah. And with Daryl, everything. Yeah. Even, and, and the end sequence in number two was great. Yeah. I, I like them both almost equal, to be honest with you, but there's certainly, if it wasn't the. For the scene with uh, that Pai Mei who did the training oh, yeah. of yeah. her in number two, yeah. it would be completely one is more kind of uh, kung fu related and one was totally a western. Uh-huh. It, but because they kind of blended the Pai Mei thing and it kind of carried over a little bit. Yeah. That first one certainly had a definite kung fu Japanese kind of elements to it that were really fantastic. Yeah. All right, let's start right off with it then. So Kill Bill Volume 1. We've got the character of the bride, yeah. who's she is part of this elite kind of assassin group who wants to get away from the assassin group. So she meets this kind of nobody. What's really. her snake name again? Uh, Black Mamba. Uh, no, Black no, Mamba. Black Mamba was no. She, uh, I'm supposed to. I be think Black she is Mamba. Black Mamba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Black Mamba. Yeah, yeah. I'm Vivica Fox. Yeah, yeah. Black Mamba. And there's Cotton Mouth, and I can't remember all the code names uh, yeah. of all the people. But yeah. so basically, she wants to get out of this group and. Bill won't let her out of the group. Yeah. So well, it's up, like a group of female assassins. Yeah, with Madsen, you know. though. Yeah, Madsen's that's true. involved, yeah. too. So, uh, but Madsen's Bill's brother. So right, and yeah. Kind of he got grandfathered nepoti- in. Nepotism. <laughs> <laughs> works at every level. Yeah. <laughs> Even in the criminal world. <laughs> yeah. Right. So they end up coming into the uh, the wedding sequence at the very beginning and kill everyone. They, yeah. they kill her, but unfortunately they don't. Honorable son. This, <laughs> remember, she spits on Michael Parks, yeah, who plays two right. characters in this, and he's phenomenal in both characters. He plays a character oh, for number one and number the, two. When he plays the, the Cuban the whorehouse guy. owner. Yeah, the Cuban guy that at the was, end. You would, you would in a million years not believe no, he you, wasn't I'm, that uh, n- that ethnicity, hmm. you know. And he's an amazing actor with uh, a huge range. He died too recently. He died recently, and Ugh. Kevin Smith used him to the hilt a couple in a couple of his films really, really well. Huh. In Red State, he played the fanatical. Uh, I don't know if you ever seen Red State. I have. He played a fanatical like uh, uh, preacher. Who was uh, who was kind of like a David Koresh type character who was uh, starting this end of the world type thing going on, and he was psychotic in it. And you were huh. like, "Oh my god!" The movie was eh, movie was all right, but he was amazing in it. But then as Tusk, he was amazing as that guy in Tusk. <laughs> Tusk. He was still really don't know good. How to feel about that movie? No, no one does. No one knows how to feel about that movie, and it's it's one that I keep going it's back to. It's not bad. It's not mm-hmm. bad. It's a, yeah. it's way better than it should be. I feel like I shouldn't like it. Yeah, a lot of, <laughs> and a lot of people are disturbed by it. And a lot of people feel it. It's almost a comedy. I kind of 
I think it's, it's almost a comedy, of, but it's it's very terrifying. Well, Michael, some of those things. Michael Parks plays it. Yes, like yeah, I haven't seen it. Michael I haven't, Parks seen, I haven't seen Tusk or Bug. Bug oh, man. is but, a little more. But you gave me both of them. Yeah, Bug, <laughs> Bug is definitely. Oh, I gave you Tusk. I didn't realize you. Gave I you thought Tusk. you did. Oh, maybe I don't know. I, I'll double check. Because I only have it digital, so I, I don't think I gave it to you hard mm, copy. I I'll double it. check. But uh, it, it's great if you want to watch Michael Parks. Just put in a role like he did not play it like it was silly. Or, or anything. He played it like he was this huge kind of horrific kind of star in it. And he was great in the Kill Bills. So, yeah, he was the one of the sheriffs. And his son, who's been in other Quentin Tarantino movies, he his other son was also in uh, The Hateful Eight. He was the one that drank the coffee along with Kurt oh, Russell. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, That's Michael Parks' son. Mm. But he played his son in the movie also. He was also in uh, Death Proof, remember? Uh, that same cop father son thing after oh, that's right. after uh, Kurt Russell killed the girls mm-hmm. and uh, Kurt Russell was in the hospital and you've got the cops coming and talking about what happened. Right. It's the same cop from Kill Bill huh. and his son. No shit. So they carried over in that movie also. So, Interesting. So we'll talk about that a little bit more in Death Proof. But uh, this was like you said, this was another one that's kind of disjointed and you don't know mm, yeah. uh, w- what scene is coming first and what scene's not. So we see. She's got this like kill list, kind yeah. of like a death list. <laughs> yeah, and it's literally very, it's very dramatic when she has it and, and she's cross, crossing them off. Right? Yeah, and uh, really the two big ones that are involved in Kill Bill, other than establishing who she is and what's actually going on, is the the death of Vivica Fox yeah. and the death of uh, Lucy Liu. Lucy Liu. The man. great part about that opening scene is she pulls up in front of her house in the pussy mobile. Yeah. yeah. In, in pussy the wagon. movie, pussy wagon. Pussy wagon yeah. You have no idea why yeah, you have she's no driving. Idea. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck is oh, that? God. Man, when you find out. Yeah. Dude. Oh, that was oh, a disturbing scene. That was my one of the scenes. My name is Buck, and I like to. Book. And he was—he's a Quentin guy too. He was in Jackie he's Brown. Great. He played Michael. He played Keaton's Michael partner. Keaton's partner. Mm-hmm. Yep, in that. And he—I think he played in another movie. I can't remember. But I've seen him in several movies. He was the asshole in the uh, the fabulous uh, uh, plane movie Iron Eagle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he played the guy that was racing Jason Gedrick. Oh, he, I he got was you on the, the motorcycle. motorcycle. Yeah. yeah, that was Buck. He was going to lose that race. And it was remember who else was in that scene? Was the guy from Waterboy? The, one, <laughs> 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 the, the, the guy that just grunted from Waterboy yeah. and had the weird eye. He didn't yeah. grunt. He just he talked just talked weird. Cajun. Yeah, he just talked yeah. weird. He yeah. Creole. No, not the uh, not like oh, not Blake. Not oh the I see the big guy, yeah. the big jack guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He looked like he'd been kicked in the head by a mule. (laughs) (laughs) Did you just make a joke, Bobby? (laughs) Man, so she had, yeah, you found out she had been in a coma for like five, six years, something like that. And when she woke up, she realized, yeah, some horrible stuff has been happening to her. And she got her revenge certainly shortly right after that. But I love the scene where she. She realized she couldn't move her legs, you know. Yeah, and she, wiggle uh, your big toe. Wiggle your big toe. Yeah. Will it to move? Yeah. And it gave us a good opportunity to go do flashbacks when they, uh, when you saw kind of how she got there and everything. Yeah. So that's well, how. and I mean, you think too, like you have to be pretty mentally powerful, you know, to be able to do that because she kills that dude. She crawls to the car. She's sitting in the car, like they would have known that, you know what I mean? Yeah. His like whose car that was, everything oh, yeah. like that. So she just totally 
regenerated yeah. herself in like it's not 40, like you can spot that car anywhere yeah in like 45 <laughs> minutes at the most you know what i mean so uh, you know that's impressive karate right. man bruise on the um, yeah. exactly. <laughs> five quarter blood technique <laughs> he says bitches are in the cat <laughs> <Was, was laughs> <you're> in- <laughs> everybody out there is like what? yeah you <laughs> <laughs> was in the joint last night <laughs> 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 places at you right there <laughs> Uh, I love, though, that when we see her doing these things, we don't see the Pai Mei teaching her how to do it until the second one. Right. He doesn't teach you know? anybody. Yeah. Hey, he doesn't teach anyone the, the five-point five palm, palm the, exploding yeah. heart, heart technique. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> so cool. So he goes for Vivica first. And we, we got to kind of zip through these. We, yeah. We'll stay on Kill Bill for like five minutes. Oh, yeah, minutes. for sure. So the Vivica one was intense. Oh, yeah. Was a great I mean, fight oh, scene. Oh, man, a great fight yeah. scene. It, it might be. We did fight scenes, and we never included that on there. And I'm surprised we didn't because, yeah. man, that is an but intense fight scene. I remember thinking about the, the one at the end. When she fights all the people, I think we oh, talked yeah, about the that. Crazy one. Talked about one. Yeah. yeah, we talked about yeah. that one. Yeah. So we probably didn't want to talk about two. Yeah, but the uh, that Vivica one, man, and I had seen her. One of my favorite movies with her was Idle Hands. Deborah Idle Hands. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah. I didn't remember she was in. Yeah, it, Yeah, she was the one who was hunting the uh, uh, the hand. Huh? She came. Tell me the hand just came off. And yeah, was well, fucking with people. Yeah, but he t- cut his own hand off. Remember, Seth Green was in it <laughs> oh. and everything, and it was a great. Was it's a great uh, like Halloween movie too. Yeah, his friend was dead, right? His friend yeah. was dead, but he was just kept hanging out. Both of them. Remember, he had, yeah, he stuck his head back on his uh, on his body. Yeah, the other one had the bottle in his head. Yeah, he had the bottle. Seth Green had the bottle. We got way off the rails. Well, no, not way. She was in it. So she ends up killing her, kind of right in front of her daughter. Yeah. And I'm still waiting for that movie to come out. Right. Uh, good. That you would be, know. yeah. Uh, where she comes back to get her. That's true. And she even tells her, I'll be here when you're ready for it. Yeah. So, so then we go into the Lucy Lou stuff, which was an interesting kind of thing where we saw her origin story animated. Yeah. It was really great, man. Yeah, that was Not really even cool. animated, like anime. Yeah, yeah it was like Japanese anime, style. Japanese anime. Yeah, it was really interesting. It was really brutal. Yeah. I love the Ugh. scene with her at the boardroom table when the oh, one Japanese man. guy speaks out against her, mm-hmm. and she just runs, does that really crazy quick Ninja cut. Ninja run, We just yeah. see her feet moving and slice, slices yeah. his head off. Lucy and she's, I love how super sweet she is, mm-hmm. and then holds up his head and then just says like, do not fuck yeah, with me fuck. I had a crush on Lucy Liu and then I saw her in that movie and I was like she was great in Payback she was good in yeah. Lucky oh, Slevin I loved her in Payback I Lucky Number Slevin Lucky yeah. Slevin yeah. Yeah. yeah I loved her in Payback more. oh Payback she's the dominatrix <laughs> hubba hubba yeah she was so great uh <clears throat> but that was the kind of the main things until it went down to the uh, the crazy eighty eight fight. And I yeah, love that her. scene. I love her slicing the French girl's arm off in front of everybody, mm-hmm. and she just falls in the ground and the blood goes everywhere. He, he does. He did go over the top. Yeah. Like oh yeah, when he was pumping oh, yeah, yeah, fifteen yeah. quarts of blood out of the human body, you know? and really Uma gets her ass kind of handed to her by that little girl. That's with what the, I was about to say. The ball, with the ball and with she the, was yeah, great. Whoever that girl was, yeah, yeah she was, she was really awesome. They, that she was the real deal. They yeah. must have gone out and got somebody that yeah. was. She was good. Oh, yeah. I I love that little flashback with her, too, where she's sitting at the bar and the old man, like, and she's just like, oh, you like this, da-da-da, and then just guts him, you know? And the guts just fly out of the ground. It's really great. So then uh, Lucy Liu kind of sends the crazy 88 wasn't really great. 88 people. They just called yeah. <laughs> Doesn't she say that? No, that was Bill. Really. Oh, yeah, Bill yeah, said yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then Lucy Lou, man, she gets it. Gets her top of her head just Ooh, chopped. chopped off, man. Yeah. And this had a great kind of... I remember seeing in the, in the theater, and I had told Justin, I, I've seen every Quentin Tarantino movie except for The Hateful Eight, 
at least three times mm-hmm. in the theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, I constantly want to show somebody else or go see it again for myself just to, because you feel like you've missed something or you want to see something again. And so I had seen Kill Bill Volume 1 probably four times in the theater, and I think number two I only saw maybe two or three times in the theater. Mm-hmm. But it had that great kind of cliff uh, uh, ending at the end of uh, number one where Bill is talking to the French girl and just says, does she know her daughters are still alive? Oh, yeah, Boom. that's right. Yeah. Ends, and you're like, oh, shit, yeah. shit's going to get real. Yeah. And it was it was a whole year before they came out yeah. the next one. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kill Bill Volume 3 was 03 and then 04. And uh, he wanted to release them all. <laughs> know, right? He wanted it to be a five-hour-long epic, but even him, with all the clout that he had, couldn't pull <laughs> that one off. Nobody, nobody can pull that off. No, they're not going to agree to do that, let you do that. But... So number two started, and this was this was great. It was very gritty, man. And this is where we dealt with basically Michael Madsen, Daryl Hannah, and Bill himself. And, yeah. and this is where I think number twos of stuff get a leg up. They don't have to do any exposition. Yeah, yeah. You come into number sure. two right and they can it. hit the ground running. Yep. No one who's watching number two had not seen number no. one. Yeah. And if you did, you stupid because you probably yeah. were even more lost than you would be anyway. Yeah. yeah. So. It comes right out. You get to see Michael Madsen, and Michael Madsen's kind of living. You can tell he's just like a bouncer at a titty bar, and he does, yeah. he gets emasculated a, by the owner yeah. there. And and I'm crossing you off the schedule, and this and that. And he's living in this trailer with yeah. his like little gas can that we see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you sold a priceless Howard Hans. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah oh 250. Well, in Texas, it's, it's worth 250. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, That's crazy. <laughs> and find out he didn't actually he sell, didn't it. sell it. Is it his golf uh, bag? Yeah, it's in his golf bag. <laughs> Yeah. But he really is the only character that uh, wasn't killed by the bride. Yeah. You know, it was killed. She was killed by Daryl Hannah. Ooh, but he had a rough death had, scene too. But before yeah. that, let's let's jump into the scene where uh, Uma kind of uh, doesn't take Madsen serious enough oh. and gets shot in the, in the chest the with the rock salt. He got shot in the. I just shot oh, him in the yeah. tits with some rock salt. It's gonna hurt, you know. And then the, he, him oh, and that little God, guy that bury her alive. And that little right. guy, I remember from. Uh, funny. Sorry about the sneeze. Uh, from Sin Do City, it. yep. Him and Nikki Cat were in that scene that they get the short right. scene where they get killed yeah, by yeah. Marv real early on, <laughs> or he get killed by Bruce Willis. I can't remember. Uh, but they bury her alive, man. It's such a great scene, man. Have either of you oh, seen? Yeah. Uh, and then Mary? that's when they hark back to that flashback. Yeah, of, with the, the of him going, her going to train, her going punch. to the training, training. And, she, yeah. and then you got to see where how she learned all this. Yeah, stuff. I don't want to go too far off the rails here, but have you seen Buried with Ryan Reynolds? Yes, oh, it was good. Great movie, man. No, I haven't seen that. He Brings, was he was the movie starts with him buried in a coffin. Yeah, mm. and well, the whole movie is him in the cell coffin. phone. Oh wow, he's like got a cell phone, that battery power, half, yeah, battery power, and he's got to somehow get out. Wow, uh, of the thing, and it's and it's intense. A lot of people can't deal with it because when it's I, very claustrophobic. We oh, might have told sure. the story before, but when I was a kid, up in my room, my mom yeah. had this beautiful cedar hope chest mm-hmm. that you would keep uh, quilts and. Oh, that's right! Didn't you lock them in there or something? No, I climbed locked. inside. We're playing. Uh, we were either playing hide and seek, or I, I don't know what. I, I think you were doing your own thing. I, I was just downstairs hiding for myself. Yeah, right. Nobody will ever. Because I was me downstairs here. playing with, like Star Wars figures and stuff, but I happened to be in the playroom, so I could hear you. <laughs> oh man! And he was, I he was locked, calling out. As soon as you shut the door, it yeah. locks, and there's no way to get out. Oh fuck! And it's solid cedar. Yeah, like and it wasn't airtight. But Thank God. I was freaking out. Yeah, he was freaking out. And I'm out. screaming and screaming, probably as loud as I've ever screamed before. And Paul came up and let me out. Ugh. I think I said I owed him something, but I, <laughs> I forgot what that was. Yeah. I'm going to ask you that something in about five years. What? Yeah, right? <laughs> 
You owe me. Firstborn, here you go. <laughs> I, hate to the, I hate to be the type of guy to get you out of jail and then yeah. get you up for a favor. But yeah. I got <laughs> Sorry, I jumped ahead. Yeah. Uh, movie. Uh, but yeah, that scene in Kill Bill, I, I, it was great to see her doing the training and everything yeah. with that with Pai Mei and then her eventually crawling out of the dirt, literally yeah. breaking through the coffin with her fingers yeah. and crawling out and... They certainly didn't expect to see her, but uh, Michael Madsen makes the phone call to Daryl Hannah and says, hey, you want to come down here? I got a, one of those Hani Anza or... Hattori Hanza. Or Hattori Hanza. We should mention him too, man. Sonny Shiba. Yeah. Playing him, the the great uh, uh, Japanese oh, actor she tried, from... In uh, number one, she tries to get him to make him one, right? Yep. When, well, and she I does. Said, she takes it for him. Yeah. And in number one? I thought that was I, in number no, two. No, I think it was, it was number one. one. Oh, it was, was it? One. Okay. I love that. Oh, yeah. I love the, his assistant there. Uh, when they're screaming and yelling at each other, do yeah. you understand? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Sunny Shiva with the, in the great uh, the Street Fighter. When we do a kung fu movie. I'm definitely mm-hmm. putting Street Fighter on yeah, there, man. Yeah, that's and a good he's, one. I love Sunny Shiba, and uh, you could tell he's a huge Sunny Shiba fan because he did that great scene in uh, True Romance where Christian Slater was going to the Sunny Shiba. Uh, uh, movie marathon when he met Rosanna Arquette. Oh yeah, so he kind of worked him in there. So I'm glad that he actually got him to work uh, in this movie too. So yeah, she he calls Michael Madsen calls Daryl Hannah show up. You can buy this sword for me. Million dollars is yours. So she shows up and doesn't think in any way she's gonna screw him over, but. He opens that uh, case of money and what's in there? It's a rattlesnake. What? No, no, it's the black, black mamba. mamba. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And it was this, what made this scene so heartless is she sat there and read, read all read the like things the that were going to happen to him oh. like the as he's right rolling up. around. That's so fucked up. It's like, oh. well, she didn't. She didn't last very long after oh, that. Oh, but I she? love... That fight scene. That won the best fight scene at uh, the MTV Awards. And I heard that... I don't know if I put a lot of... Uh, of no, uh, but... Clout on their But judgment. still, I but mean... It was good. Uh, Omer and her... Omer and Daryl did not get along at really? all. Like, to the point where they would they didn't even show up at the awards ceremony together. They wouldn't wow. go to the same... They would, didn't want to be in the same room together. I don't, wow. know, I don't know what happened with them, but... Uh, I'm sure the internet they, will tell you. Daryl <laughs> probably wanted the lead role and didn't get it. Maybe. I don't know. I don't yeah, know what it that was That seems about weird them. to be petty about that shit. Yeah. That's more like... You act diva but around you, me. It's just right. crazy how you take two of the tallest women you could possibly imagine and put them in the, uh, the smallest trailer, trailer you can imagine and no, fight it out. Yeah. <laughs> and they said, "I, uh, how did you kill uh, Pai Mei, you know? And Or how did you lose your eye? Yeah. You know, and they, or wh- what did you say to Pai Mei to rip your eye out? Yeah. And she says, well, I called him an old uh, miserable bastard or something like that. And they just show it. Just and they show boom, it, Boom, and he just plucks out her eye, and she falls screaming, and oh, it's so Technically, bad. Technically, if they're going to do a sequel to this with Vivica A. Fox's uh, daughter, you could have a blind Daryl Hannah around, because technically we did not see her die. Well, she I got, guess didn't she get bitten by the yeah, snake? Yeah, she got bit by the we snake. We didn't see we, that. No, we didn't I see it. I thought we did see it. Nope. But uh, I just watched yeah. it, so I know it didn't. Yeah. Yeah, she, I watched she it walked out. minutes ago. Dude. No, she pulled her eye out. And I wrote wa- the movie. She pulled her eye out and, and then walked. Stepped on the eye. Stepped on yeah. the eye. Oh. And then walked out of the trailer with her still screaming in the okay. background. Uh-huh. Now, that would have been something if I was directing that movie. Oh, I'd have had her God. step on that eye, too. Oh, yeah. It's too easy. It looks to not, that was not so good. great, too. Yeah. She just plucked that shit right out because <laughs> she told her that she killed her master. Oh, oh so poisoned his rice. Yeah. That's the... Poison is a sneaky way to kill someone. Fuck yeah, dude. I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't do it if I really needed to kill somebody. They're going to, you guys have to testify. <laughs> so this, this goes all the way down to uh, confronting Bill, the uh, the great uh, oh, yeah. David Carradine, yeah. who is not with us uh, any longer either. I, I hate we to, won't comment. I on hate that. to 
do he a went slight, out on a high note. I know. I hate to do a slight <laughs> giggle when I said that, but anyone who knows how he died, uh, maybe it was an interesting was I way to that do it. In the cedar chest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, t- I was eight or ten. So it kind of takes <laughs> it takes Uma to a. Uh, uh, surprise when she confronts Bill and her daughter is right there and yeah. it's such a weird kind of scene between them two. It looks like they have affection for each other yeah. and he wants to kill her with all his heart at the same time. It's very, It was very weird. Yeah. And they loved each other but someone had to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's not enough room in this town for the both of us. Or in the world. Yeah. <laughs> and he, she uses the uh, five point um, exploding heart technique on him and typical. I, I, <laughs> I'll tell you though, I have to say that when I saw this movie for the first time, I saw that coming from a mile away. Oh, really? Did yeah. you? Yeah. yeah, I didn't. Um, like when they were just sitting down at the table, and I think they were at a table, or they were, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and they were, each other, yeah. and they were talking, and I was thinking, like, waiting on this fight to build up and everything like that. And just for some reason... It kind of set up it, it, to the point where even if you didn't expect it on your second viewing, you were like, why didn't I see that? Coming? Right. Because they yeah. really kind of yeah. just laid but, it out there. But I loved the fact that they did Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And know? it was a quick... That, because that kickback she does from the table is yeah. great. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. 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 Well, and also, I've always been fascinated by the dim mock. Do you know what that is? No. That's the death touch, which is supposed to be oh, the real... Well, it's supposed to be the <laughs> real, like, move, like, where yeah. you can touch somebody and they will die. Like, that's the mythical, real, you know, world. So, could, when I hear if that... you could sever their karate, but it would take a while. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've heard you can, like, get both of them, and that will knock somebody out, but... Um, well, you ever play that choke game? The choke thing. Oh, yeah, we did They it. did it at Memorial yeah. Park all the oh, time. Oh, man. For, for that was a while. I wouldn't let them do it to me. That was a while there when everyone was doing it, when they realized yeah. they could put their hands over your credit yeah. arteries, and they'll pass you out. Pass yeah. out and yeah. then you would some people, up, and you wouldn't know how long you were out for, right. it would be like a half a second. Yeah. Before. Me and my friend, I wasn't the one who put my <laughs> hands on his head, uh, on his neck, but me and my friend did it to another one of our friends at... Uh, in high school, after after school had ended and everything, and he fell on the ground and started seizuring. Ooh. And then we're like, that's we're last time We don't know what happened. He just fell over. And no, he did no, no, so We're going no, back Special to... K will do that. You don't even need It's like, we're going to black to play in D&D. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> These real life games suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, that was Jack, uh, that was Kill Bill, man. It was phenomenal, and uh, maybe there will be a sequel. That would be interesting. I doubt he'll go back and touch that again. He's got too many other stuff. He's got And as... For someone who only does, I mean, there's some good three or four years that go through that some of these movies, normal. man. I predict, yeah. I predict he goes back as an homage to himself in 20 years to make Kill Bill 3. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I doubt it. But <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go. We're going to go to a smaller one here. Let's do the four rooms uh, one he directed because this is just a great little sequence that he did. You People forget that he did this film. And like I said, if, if you work it out... You could almost say he has only done eight movies because uh, Kill Bill could be considered one in a way. And then this uh, Four Rooms, technically he did direct the sequence and everything, but it wasn't a full feature-length movie. Yeah. And, and I had to – if you hadn't told me he did that one, oh, you I, forgot. I would have forgot. He did like one that. segment in, uh, in Sin City also. This really? was uh, – which he, segment did he do? He, it was a weird segment. It, it wasn't even a – it was like a three-minute action scene. Where that uh, you know that Irish guy who was uh, blowing shit up uh-huh. in it at, when they were doing a chase scene oh, yeah, at the yeah, end yeah, yeah. that was uh, that was done by Quinn. Yeah. Huh. Uh, but Four Rooms, the Man from Hollywood, based on the Man from Rio, which is a uh, famous Alfred Hitchcock kind of uh, short that starred Peter Laurie and Steve McQueen. 
So what happens if you don't know Four Rooms? It's like a four vignette movie that all kind of threads um, Tim Roth's character as a bellboy into it. And you've got the first segment is with Madonna and the witches. The second act it out right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the lighter. <laughs> the second segment dealt with uh, the Jennifer. Uh, the Jennifer Beale character who's being kidnapped by her own husband and tied up where he uh, comes into the situation. The third one was with uh, Antonio Banderas, which is a really funny one with his uh, kids discover the dead, <laughs> the dead rotting hooker in the mattress, <laughs> uh, which is really cool. Sleep and, well, kids. Behave. He was so great in that he movie. He was so man. great. It was movie. really great. Uh, but then this last one we're talking about is uh, The Man from Hollywood, which is... Stars Quentin Tarantino, uh, Bruce Willis, Jennifer Beale comes back for this one, and you've got the guy that I never know his name, but he's the guy from Pulp Fiction. Who, the bartender says, "My name's Paul." You better learn you it because I think we I mentioned him a couple it. times. <laughs> we mentioned him in Sea of Love in the last podcast, but I still don't memorize his name. He was also in Copland. He was the Will one you look that up his name. Goddamn! Uh, do you remember him in <laughs> Copland? He was the one that realized they planted yeah, that gun the, at the beginning he was on the bridge. One of the, uh, uh, the paramedics. paramedics. Yep, he was really good in that too. Uh, so what was going on is they call Tim Roth, the bellboy, up to the room and they have him bring a whole bunch of stuff. Some random stuff He's like... He's wacky. It's a very... Yeah. Talk about his character. Tim his Roth's character, character was, was very wacky, wacky and kind of... It was a take on uh, Jerry Lewis's character of the bellboy from the old 1950s movie, uh, The Bellboy, where it was a silent movie. They even mentioned that movie. Quentin even mentions mm-hmm. it in the, the I mean, short. I'm sure that was the motivation behind yeah, this it entire must have movie. And, he, uh, funny enough, I saw this in France. Oh, did you? That's nice. It's cool. Because French love Jerry Lewis, this got prime time Weird. Uh, cinema showing. Huh. Well, what's going on in the scene is they, just to get right down to it, they get make a it. bet that they're they're sitting there and they're drinking, they're drinking their Cristal and they are watching TV <laughs> and they say the... When you say champagne, you say champagne. <laughs> when you say when Cristal, you're drinking Cristal, you say you Cristal. Say Cristal. <laughs> <laughs> so... What goes on is they're watching the television, and the man from Rio comes on, which is an old Alfred Hitchcock uh, thing, um, short with Steve McQueen and Peter Laurie. And Peter Laurie is going across the country, and he's making a bet. He makes a bet with Steve McQueen that Steve McQueen can't light his Zippo lighter ten times in a row, and if he does. Uh, do it 10 times in a row, he gets Peter Laurie's car. And if he doesn't, Peter Laurie gets to chop off Steve McQueen's pinky. And in the movie, Peter Laurie is like this kind of uh, vicious scumbag who's going across the country collecting fingers. Uh, in this movie, it's, <laughs> in, ne- in this short, it's not. In this short, it's just a bunch of drunk guys who make the bet that, hey, I bet I could do that uh, sequence. And that's when you see Quentin go, oh, really? <laughs> He's got an update. What's his name? Paul Calderon. Oh, I guess I should. So he just have to his remember his name. Yeah. <laughs> that's between y'all. That's between y'all. So... What they want is they want Tim Roth to be the X-Man. They want yeah. uh, so Paul Calderon has got his lucky Zippo and he's gonna light it ten times. And if he can't, they're gonna have Tim Roth cut his finger off. But if he can light it ten times, he's going to get um, sixty-seven Chevelle. It's a sixty-seven uh, Quentin Tarantini's sixty-seven Chevelle. But he wants Tim Roth to do it because he thinks if the time comes that he might not be able to uh, to end up wielding the uh, the hatchet 
and cut off the finger and yeah. everything. So it's just this fun, really. Hey, I thing. want my interests protected. <laughs> yeah. Really, really, the meat of it is convincing Tim Roth to do it. Yeah. And Quentin Tarantino has this great sequence where he's he's got one minute and Bruce Willis is timing him and he's Bruce counting. Bruce Willis is great. He's yeah. really Background great. He just character. comes on and does this really kind of short. Now, um, I have a Zippo in the truck. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I got my 98 Honda Civic out there. <laughs> I got my 2005 won't run truck. We got to do. Is that where the pinky? I've got two pinkies. <laughs> <laughs> two shots. So uh, Quentin Tarantino puts the money on the thing and he says, you want to make $1,000 for one second's work? And he says, that's what it's going to take. And Tim Roth immediately says, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I always say yes before they find out what it is, too. Yeah. You want to make $1,000 for a second's worth of work? Yeah. Yep. I love when they're trying to convince him, though, and he's like, oh, yeah. impartial Ted, <laughs> clear-headed Ted. <laughs> Don't give a fuck about us, Ted. <laughs> and so he agrees to do it, and it, it's a great buildup. You know, it's this whole buildup, and you think it's going to go for a long time, uh, and, like, he's going to light it, and it's going to be tensing until the second light goes and everything. Yeah. And it goes really, really super, super fast. <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. it comes down to it, and he... First, that very first. first flick, it does not light. And Tim Roth, the editing was what made this. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Tim Roth, boom, yeah. shots off, swipes up all the, money, the money, and then walks right yeah. out the door and walks right in the elevator, and the credits roll. That's awesome. What I don't understand is the guys in the background yelling, "He cut off my finger!" Yeah, he cut off my finger. What? you know he was gonna cut. Yeah. Oh, it was just so. It was so quick of a great uh, segment, and it was the perfect way to end the Four Rooms movie too. Mm-hmm. Was with this he got paid. scene. Yeah, it was really great yeah quentin tarantino came in and just nailed it and was able to star in it and he stars in a lot of his movies sometimes he's the narrator sometimes he plays like a tiny role like in Django, which we'll talk about here uh in a little bit and uh sometimes he's not in it at all but it's it's amazing when he is so so that was the man from hollywood if you want to check out four rooms it's the fourth segment so what you want to talk about next dave um we've got uh jackie um, brown death proof Django, and the hateful eight death proof Let's do Death Proof, man. The movie my wife doesn't even like me to mention because she's so horrified by it. I mean, I cannot play it in front of her. I'm sure. There's certain type of things that if happen in a movie make it difficult to watch. Like the Final Destination scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird that I can watch this because I have constant fear of being on the interstate. Well, it's a lot less realistic than than like Final Destination. yeah, Yeah. It was a straight up murder. You know, it yeah. wasn't yeah. an accident. It was a murder right. when this car, happened. With a deaf car. So yeah. this dealt with, and also Quentin's in this movie, plays the bartender. So why they call him a stunt, stuntman Mike? Because he's a stuntman. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got this character brilliantly played by Kurt Russell. You don't get to see him do this very often. No. no. You don't get to play see him play a villain very much. He was supposed to be in Django, and he, for some reason... Uh, Who was his, he supposed to be? He was supposed to be the guy that James Don Remar Johnson. played. No, the guy that James Remar played at the end that was holding the saw oh, shotgun yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. on him. Uh, because James Remar ended up playing two characters in that movie. He played the guy at the beginning that uh, that was bringing Django. That's right. Uh, when Kristoff uh, came up, up with that uh, on that uh, the tooth. The, the two yeah, things that yeah. bounce on top. Yeah. Uh, that was James Remar, and it was the other guy from State of Grace that uh, gets killed at the uh, beginning. Huh. Uh, so he wasn't able to do it, so he says, I'll work you into Death Proof, and Death Proof was absolutely phenomenal for him. And like I said, this is anyone that's grown up with uh, Kurt Russell playing the overboard character or Captain Ron or Jack yeah. Burton and everything. It's just that character everyone loved, man. Yeah. You know, Everyone loved him. And in this movie, he was so easy to hate. Oh, yeah. So 
what you dealt with first is you got to see him uh, at that bar sequence. And the director's cut is really great in this movie, too. You get to see him get the lap dance from the, uh, from the girl. And, uh, girl with big lips. You're not realizing, yeah, you're not realizing that these are all his future victims that we end up talking to. Right. And he's basically stalking them. And the one girl, he says, do I, does my scar scare you? He says, no, your car scares me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but then the Rose McGowan scene, man. The Rose McGowan scene is what really Oof. kind of that, kicked this off, man. That's the one with her leg out the window? No, no. that was after this. Oh, okay. There was, that's kind she, of, it establishes what... She wants what, a ride home. Yeah, she wants a ride home from the bar. And remember, she's like... A, I need a ride home, and suddenly you see those keys yeah, slide across the great. bar. Uh-huh. Uh, your your chariot cha- awaits. <laughs> <laughs> and she's kind of unsure who he is. That's when she asks uh, Quentin Tarantino, you know this guy? He's yeah. Stuntman Mike. Yeah. He's Stuntman. <laughs> uh, so that he Tarantino. that mean Tarantino knows is what kind of shit this guy's up to? Yeah. <laughs> no, I <laughs> guess he be. didn't. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't think anyone would let him go with him. They know the kind of extent that he would go to. But she gets into the car and she realizes that this, he's a stuntman. So they got the roll cage kind of going on in the car. So there's that separating barrier between them. Right. And uh, there's that intense scene where they get to that light. And she's like, Ugh. you're going right or you're going left? And she's like, right. And he says, ah, oh, that's a shame. And she says, why? He says, because if you were going left, it would have been a while before you would have to get scared. But yeah. since you're going left, you're going to have to get start getting scared immediately. <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Oh, man, and that sequence. Do you remember that sequence too. there, Justin? Um, I mean, I, I just remember him just hauling ass. Hauling ass, And, like, man. doesn't he, like, turn off the lights or something? No, or? that was later. That was Okay, yeah, see, I, I've seen this a couple yeah. of times, but I still get it He confused. slams on those brakes a couple times and takes it, and she slams into those uh, that side of the glass. But when he jacks on the brakes at one point and she hits the dashboard oh, that's right. and immediately breaks her nose, yeah. and her whole face is just bloody as hell. Yeah. And then it just goes right into that scene almost immediately afterwards because he kills her, and then he, I think she she's still in the car. Her dead body's still in the car when he when goes he, after the other girls. Oh, wow. Yeah. And the other girls, oh, man, it's a difficult scene to watch. And uh, they're playing that really great song that's really loud. And uh, all four of them are just casually leaving the bar. And one of them's got their leg hanging out the window. And That's what it was. Never do that again. Yeah. No, 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 no. You never want to do that again. Never done that at all. So what he does is he, he drives past them like super fast. Mm-hmm. And then spins around and heads towards them yeah and that's when he turns off those lights Ugh. and it was a very amazing scene done editing wise where they slow the scene down and you get to see how each of them die uh-huh. and you remember this scene it's right? like the it's a call like like a callback and then the next one's a different perspective and a callback because right before he hits him he flips the lights on. oh yeah, yeah. and so and that's sees. that that flip of the switch is what starts all four of those sequences sequences yeah so he flips it on and we see i think we see the first girl get uh launched through the windshield get launched through the windshield and then the second flip we get to see the girl's leg get severed off and and they had the the best it almost looked like it was a real leg it was really the way Mm -hmm. the sound effect of it hitting the ground and everything like by four (laughs) o'clock with nail polish And then you get to one of the more horrifying one was the uh, the tire going over. Oh the yeah! Oh face yeah! The background, it yeah. reminded me off. of that brawling cell ninety nine when he runs his face across the floor. Uh, yeah. Ugh. And oh, then uh, I don't know how the fourth girl, what they show with the fourth girl in the back, the main girl that gives him the lap dance because she one she's breaks in the her back. one breaks her face on the steering wheel. The driver, the passenger oh, so the, goes yeah. out the windshield. The girl in the back or loses the the girl in the back seat goes out the windshield. That's what it was. Yeah. 
the other girl uh, just hit the uh, windshield. Yeah. yeah. So it was brutal. And that's when it went down to the Michael Park scene where, like, he's like, he was drinking club soda. He's not drunk. It's his story against theirs. Uh, and he gets away with it. And, you know, and they realize that one day they are going to get him or he's going to run across the wrong person. Yep. But that's when we get into that second segment of that uh, scene, which is so satisfying, really. Oh, you know? yeah. You said to be just, pussy. Turns yeah. Oh, I love it. A lot of people don't <laughs> like that about the movie. And I was like, I love that so yeah. much that oh, he yeah. just turns into a sniveling yeah. kind of guy when yeah. it gets turned on him because he comes across the wrong group of girls. The people that, the people that do that violence, power violence, yeah. are probably that way. That's, yeah. Their oh, yeah. outlet is to be this other persona that can do that stuff yeah. but they're really at heart they're kind we've of we've got that uh, that great dogs. actress from I, I should know her name Clo- uh, Rosaria Chloe. Dawson Rosaria Dawson yeah, yeah. she's Sorry. awesome you got Zoe Bell who Zoe Bell is famous from Quentin Tarantino made her famous with Kill Bill because That's she doubled she doubled uh, the bride she doubled Uma oh, yeah, Thurman's yeah. role and did all the stunts for oh wow her. I didn't know that but she was the one that actually did the stunts on the front of the hood of the car yeah. uh, and she was also in The Hateful Eight and they used her in Django at one point point uh so she's very she, spunky yeah she's very spunky and a lot of times they don't even have her and say she's much australian right? and uh new zealand she's new zealand. kiwi remember Ooh. remember yeah, that was a big thing in the now. movie you can't call her uh an australian you gotta call her kiwi yeah uh they don't so it's rosara dawson it's her it's the uh, the black girl and it's the other girl from uh 10 cloverfield lane uh, was the girl that they left the cheerleader yeah, that they yeah. left at the farm with the guy from yeah, yeah. Waterboy? Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> who just does his little grunt scene and everything. So what they do is they're they're on break from a movie set and they just want to find this one car. It's the same car I think from White Lightning. I think it's the same car that Burt Reynolds had in White Lightning, and they just want to test drive the car. But little do they know that they're being hunted down by Kurt Russell. Right. And while they're test driving, they're it's not just test diving this car too. They're, they're doing some. They're crazy doing a crazy shit stunt where Zoe Bell kind of is butterflied in a way on the front hood of the car. Right. With no straps or no, and they did the sequence. I mean, she's a stunt woman, so she can yeah. do this type of shit. And they're going at high speeds. And if you watch the making of this, it's really intense how I bet. she does this sequence. And while they're just practicing the sequence uh, on the hood, Kurt Russell comes out of nowhere and just bumps the back of their car and game's on, man. And it gets to the point where she gets launched off that car and into the weeds. And uh, they look at each other and like, let's get this motherfucker, you Mm -hmm. know? And then they just hunt him down, man. And they start by end up, remember, he gets out thinking that it was almost a game and gets out of the car and like is so happy and thrilled with himself and then they take a gun and bum 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 yeah. shoot him <laughs> and that's where it gets vicious remember he ends up pouring the whiskey on his arm yeah, and he's screaming right. and he's crying yeah. and then he's just trying to get get away from her remember I love the black girl driving he says you know I gotta tap that ass yeah. <laughs> ends up slamming into him and at the end and talk about a uh, satisfying uh, sequence at the end where they just get out and they have that pipe and yeah. they just like beat they just the beat shit. him to death yeah they just beat him to death and it ends with their arms raising and everything and yeah. both credits go yeah. down. And we didn't even mention that this movie was paired with Planet Terror. Right. When me and Dave saw this in the movie theater we I saw like, this as a double feature. As a double, yeah. It's funny that, that pe- I, some people didn't like the Tarantino one as much as Planet Terror. I loved them both, man. But they were so good. good. We saw them together yep, in the movie theater. Feature. I think they only did it for a little bit yep. and then they split them. Yeah. And it didn't do well. It was I weird, so I'm glad. Well. And then when they came out, they were separate on DVDs. Yep. You had to buy both of them. You and then eventually, they, they did that. put a discount. <laughs> well, yeah, when, yeah. when I mean, that's marketing 101 Absolutely, right there. But, yeah. yeah. And, 
But when we saw it, and they had the fake trailers on it and everything, oh, and Machete man. was one of the Machete? fake trailers. Yeah, and yeah. Hobo with a shotgun. Hobo was a shotgun. Uh, and they so made both of those. The movies. Nazi, the Nazi werewolf movie they haven't made they haven't yet. Made yet. Oh, wow. Or that Thanksgiving turkey. Leper zombie werewolf. Oh, <laughs> now we're getting creative. Yeah, uh, Thanksgiving one they haven't made yet either. That oh, was those right. were the four man. So <laughs> yeah. it was very, it was very great. I'm so. still waiting on Machete in space. Machete in space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that guy's next. down for it. I know. Oh yeah, know. Danny Trejo. He's awesome, man. <laughs> Danny Trejo's great. He's one of my favorites. Uh, he's Robert Rodriguez's guy, man. Yeah. If Quentin's got his guy. Danny Trejo is Robert Rodriguez. Oh yeah, guy, for man. sure. All right, so we've got three left here. I say we go. Well, let's go hateful eight. Uh, arguably, this was if I could give all of Quentin Tarantino's a score one to ten, I almost give all his movies a ten, except for hateful eight. I would give like a nine. I still liked hateful eight a lot. Yeah, There's a lot of and, good dialogue. I, it was really long. It was yeah. really nothing long. happened like yeah. you said to me the other day. Really, nothing happens till about an hour and twenty minutes of the yeah. movie, man. Yeah, and I think that. But I love. I can listen to his dialogue. I can listen to his dialogue all day long. So yeah. that was not my problem that with it. Stagecoach ride in the beginning was was good it yeah. was uncomfortable oh really good man I love Kurt Russell in this movie and this was another one where he was kind of unredeeming man he's just elbowing Jennifer Jason Lee in the face yeah. really everyone in the movie was kind of she, a scumbag yeah and she roughed herself up oh yeah she was nominated yeah. for an Oscar for this role was too she? yep absolutely and uh, it was a pretty easy kind of movie to, uh, to break down too you've got uh, Kurt Russell playing the hangman who uh, is transporting uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, who's kind of a member of this kind of gang to get hung. Right. And it's during a blizzard and on the carriage ride, they end up I love the introduction of Samuel Jackson who's like sitting on five bodies, five like frozen bodies. Yeah. And he's just smoking his pipe or uh smoking a cigar. And they end up picking him up, but Kurt Russell is very apprehensive of picking anyone, doesn't trust anyone. Right. And give your guns to Michael Park's son, uh, who's driving the carriage and everything. And then they end up p- picking up Walton Goggins, who I loved Walton Goggins in this movie, man. Mm-hmm. He, w- he was one of the, the best uh, actors, in my opinion, in this movie and in general. I think Walton Goggins, yeah. a lot of people don't give him enough credit. If you haven't seen the HBO show Vice Principals with Danny McBride, him and Danny McBride. I liked are, him in The Shield, man. I, I loved him in The Shield. That was the first time I saw him was in The Shield. He, he was, was goofy really in Danny and Vice Principals, he's really good in it, but I yeah. liked him in the more serious, yeah. kind I like of him degenerate as, role. I like him comedic because he's so funny, but he can also play really... Uh, Isn't he also in Django? He's in Django. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah. He's very right. I'm just trying to make sure I'm thinking of the right guy. Yeah. So then they pick up Walton Goggins, and they end up showing up at uh, Minnie's haberdashery. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's sitting there, and when they go inside, it is Tim Roth, Michael Madsen, uh, Damian Bitcher. And uh, the great um, Sam Jackson. Uh, uh, Bruce Dern. Oh, Bruce Dern. Uh, yeah, yeah. Then they go in there, and immediately no one trusts anybody, and they are uh, Kurt Russell is immediately wondering well, what the like, hell they all these people Minnie are and here. her husband weren't there. Yeah, and, and immediately uh, like, Samuel Jackson. And Samuel yeah. Jackson's a smart motherfucker. Yeah, oh yeah, he's, he's the like, one who figures this all Dave, out. You know, Dave ain't going anywhere yeah. without his sweet chair. Dave. Sweet, yeah. Dave. sweet Dave. Yeah. <laughs> and. Uh, I watched this the other day, and it, I, I admit that it's the first time I watched it since the theater. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, I liked it a lot better than I liked it in the theater. There was a couple logistical problems that I'll mention that I didn't like about it. And there was one scene that turned me off a little bit in it. Yeah, I know uh, exactly what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it just it, it felt really... 
it felt bad. Yeah. You know, and I and I'm still it's it's argumentable if it actually even happened. It, right. it could have been Samuel Which Jackson. Scene? The scene where uh, he ends up killing Bruce Dern. He puts the gun next to Bruce Dern, and he wants to intentionally piss him off so he'll grab that okay, gun yeah, and shoot yeah. at him. So yeah. it'll give him reason to shoot him. So he talks about a scene where his. Uh, where he captures his son and is is making him oh, walk naked, naked yeah. making him not, uh, walk gotcha. naked through the uh, blizzard, and basically force rapes makes the guy almost kind of suck his suck dick, suck his dick yeah. for for the for only warp. purpose of warmth, yeah. which seems really fucking wrong. Yeah. And almost even if it was done with a female or with anyone, it yeah. just seems wrong. Man. Yeah. Someone's suffering. If anyone who's been in the cold. Uh, and we've lived up north for a long time, and and you know how cold it is out there. So the Don't idea know if I'm that going to that lake. the idea that <laughs> no, makes me want to well, fucking that's puke. what I'm saying. It, it really does make you want to puke. Yeah. The, the idea that you would kind of uh, do whatever you got to do to be able to to be. Uh, I'm sorry, I'd be from. like just fucking shoot me. Yeah, yeah, and, and most people probably yeah. would. And uh, so it was. It kind of it kind of turned you off big time, and I, a lot of people it turned yeah. off. I think in yeah. the movie, if you if you read the reviews. Now, I mean, I'll tell you though, as he's not telling, enough to ruin the movie, but as he's telling that story and the story itself and the way he's telling it is super intense and yeah. fucking yeah, Bruce like. Bruce losing. His shit. Yeah, the problem is, you know is they I mean? showed it. It's the yeah. only flashback yeah. they really show in yeah. the movie, so they actually showed it. So yeah. It did what he wanted it to do. It got Bruce Dern to grab him, that gun. Yeah, and, absolutely. And shoot him. Uh, but the. Uh, the other problem that bothered me is when what what was revealed uh, shortly on. Well, it gets really good when the the coffee gets poisoned. Oof. I did really enjoy that. Mm. You don't know who gets poisoned, and so what happens? They kill is they tell us. Early. Remember? Uh, no, it was pretty Not late. Early, but yeah, yeah. But like, before, before everyone else, he was gonna die. yeah, before yeah. everyone else, what uh, you forget about, and I did when I watched it the second time, is that. Um, Quentin Tarantino is the narrator, but he doesn't do any narration until the middle of the movie. And he's the one who tells you that the coffee has been poisoned. So he comes on almost Hitchcock style and lets everyone know that the coffee's poisoned. And then we see, we don't know who's going to drink it. And but we see Kurt Russell with it in his hand, so the audience already knows it's poison when he's taking. It. He only takes one sip, so this part of you when you're watching it, be like, oh, maybe it's not enough that would actually do it to him. Right. So he's sitting next to Jennifer Jason Lee, who's like, like you said, she's kind of a nasty, nasty yeah. kind of a character who's just like blowing snot rockets and talking yeah. all. Uh, it's very. <laughs> Is that what they're called? Snot rockets? <laughs> oh yeah, hell yeah, snot rockets, man. <laughs> Anyone up in the snow knows what a snot rocket is too. Uh, so then you've got. Uh, Kurt Russell just pukes blood everywhere. Yeah. I mean, just pukes it. And then uh, Walton is about to drink it, and he gets out. It's in the coffee right yeah. before. And then you see Michael Park's son just drop to his knees and just pukes all over the place, and he dies. Uh, and immediately there, that's when Samuel Jackson kind of disarms everyone, mm-hmm. puts the three guys up against the wall. But he knows Walton is uh, Walton Goggins is uh, is on the level. He almost drank the coffee. And he, they both had their kind of feud through the whole movie yeah. together because he's he's clearly Walton's clearly well, a racist. Was, he kept like show me the show him the letter. Like oh, remember he had the, the Lincoln letter from Lincoln, oh, yeah, Lincoln, the Lincoln letter. letter yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that really turns fake. off. It really turns off Kurt Russell, man. He really turns on uh, Samuel Jackson. It really hurts him that that was a fake because yeah. he really believed. Right, that that was a real Lincoln letter that Lincoln had written to Samuel Jackson. But I love Walton Gog. He says, "You think Lincoln was a pen pal to him?" Yeah. He says, "He says I tell you one thing that is not true." And I I can't believe that Samuel admitted it so quick. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. like, "It was a fake, wasn't he?" He says, "Yeah, of course it was a fake." Yeah, and then he just starts laughing his ass off. Jennifer Jason Lee starts laughing his ass off or her ass off. Uh, 
But this is when uh, the kind of uh, detective kind of thing in Samuel Jackson comes out where he realizes, all right, one of these three guys poisoned that coffee. Right. But also, before that, he realizes that one of them has killed Minnie because they're drink- they're eating a stew. Remember, he, he comes with that story. He was yeah, like, yeah. you know, I've had people stew, and I had my grandmother stew, and it always tastes the same, you know? And, yeah. and you could tell that it's uh, that was made by her. He says, when that when you said Minnie's been gone for a week, talking to uh, Bob, the Mexican Bob mm-hmm. is what they called him, uh-huh. Damian Bitcher's character, yeah, who's, yeah. Uh, who's a great actor, man. He's done a lot of great stuff. He's, he's in The Nun right now, that uh, movie that's in the theater. Yeah. Uh, but he was great in uh, there was another movie I saw where uh, where he was fabulous and he was in Weeds for a long time too, the TV series. But he realizes that uh, he screwed up uh, by not only telling him that 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 she was gone for a week, but remember he, he lifts up Sweet Bob's chair mm-hmm. and he sees the blood stain under it. What was really uh, funny was he says, "You remember that? I don't. You probably don't remember the sign Minnie used to have up there on the wall, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and it said, "Everyone welcome except for dogs and Mexicans." Yeah. And he says, "He says, you know why that sign's not there anymore?" He says, mm-hmm. "Because Minnie started letting dogs in." Oh, <laughs> shit. He says, "So there's no way that she would have put her haberdashery, the place that she never ever left, yeah. in charge of uh, Mexican Bob." Right. And so before he even has a chance to reply, Samuel Jackson, boom, 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 yeah. shoots him. You yeah. know, and now you've got two. You've got Tim Roth and you got Michael Madsen. But this is where it's revealed that there is actually somebody under the floorboards, right? And uh, and it's Chatham uh, Tanning under the floorboards. Channing Tatum. Chatham Tanning. I always, <laughs> well, I always <laughs> kind of miscast in this movie, but I mean, yeah. I didn't have that much of a problem with it. My main problem with it was the idea, and they show they they, they kind of cut backwards. He could have came out of that floorboard way before yeah. that time. Well, they cut back and they show them arriving yeah, at yeah, that yeah. point mm-hmm. after he shoots through the floorboards and it shoots Samuel in the nuts, and uh, uh, Tim Roth gets a shot off at uh, Walton Goggins, and then they jump backwards and they show the gang show up with uh, Zoe Bell and uh, the. She didn't last very. Long. She didn't last very long and everything, and they show the the gang that was basically there to rescue uh the jennifer jason lee character take out everybody minnie and all her uh family that worked there and her husband and everything you take them all out the problem i had is that they left I, I thought it was weird that they left uh bruce dern's character alive it didn't seem like they would ever in a million years do that right you know even though he wasn't the one that gave him away he, he was kind of all for it and everything but I for mean, some reason i was a, like there was more honor back then maybe they had respect for him because he was an old maybe. confederate because he was an right, old confederate yeah. general. I mean, that carries weight back in back those then. You know, obviously, yeah. he didn't, Especially if he didn't want to get killed. And right. he was like, I just met these people. I don't right. give a shit about him, and I don't give a shit about her. Yeah. And watching it the second time, it, it, it was a little bit more palatable uh, mm. of a belief that they would have let him alive. But when I first saw it, and I was like, that seems so weird that they were going to risk this entire operation by leaving him alive right. when they could have easily just killed him off, and then the, the whole place would have been filled with their own people. Right. Uh, but it also... It was weird that he was under the ground. to the group. Like, he, so, not, a band of marauders yeah. is not carrying an old man around with him. Right, yeah. <laughs> but it, it went down to that great firefight, man. Mm. And uh, literally, Walton and Samuel Jackson have to depend on each other. And they're on the... Uh, uh, on the bed. Remember, Walton finally gets up and he's got a gun on Jennifer Jason Lee and then he ends up passing out. 
and oh, Samuel right. can't get off the bed. Yeah. And, and she's she, trying to reach for the she's gun. She's trying to reach for the gun, and she literally chops uh, Kurt Russell's arm off. and it, Not at the wrist, either, yeah. at like the fucking elbow. Yeah. Cuts his arm off and then goes to get the gun, but then Walton kind of wakes up at the last minute and ends up uh, uh, shooting, shooting her and not... Remember they hang her. He, he ends up crawling oh, back on right. the bed, and yeah. they, together they pull that rope, and they they sit there, and they get so much enjoyment out oh, of just yeah. watching her hang. And you can see Kurt Russell's arm hanging by the side, yeah. still hanging. From the <laughs> thing, and, and it literally ends right there, and you're like, "Wow, man! It was yeah. it was crazy, man." But it was like I said, it, it, maybe if it wasn't a ten, it was still a nine. You still yeah. got to see Quentin's dialogue. You still got to see all that fun stuff. Man. As far as his movies go, it is my least favorite, but it's yeah. Yeah, but it's still it's good. Still a good it's movie. still good and worth owning for yeah. sure. All right, let's go into some Jackie Brown here, man. Because right. Jackie Brown, this was this was the movie where it really revitalized uh, Pam Greer's career. Yep. It revitalized Forster. Robert Forster's big time. Robert Forster was super I thrilled didn't even know to he be was alive. Yeah, he, he was super thrilled to be alive. <laughs> he looked good. Or he was <laughs> super thrilled to be alive. I bet <laughs> he was. <laughs> you got me saying that. He was super thrilled to be part of this, and his father, I guess, was super proud that his uh, career was being revitalized. And I guess he was. He ended up going to the set several times. I had here, but he didn't. He wasn't. Uh, he didn't live long enough to see the Oscar nomination that came uh, out for Forrester, which bad. was really Did great. Did he go on and do anything so, else after this? Uh, Did he get a chance? Robert to Forster expand his. Uh, I want to say he has, but I remember fame. him in the seventies because he was the. He was remember the he was ship. the terrorist in uh, in Delta Force. Yep. he was the terrorist that took over the plane. But he had a TV show that, that ran that. forever. I can't remember uh, what it was. Yeah, was it Maddox? Was it Maddox? Maybe. I can't remember. But he had done several stuff back in the uh, day. But you remember the uh, judge? Uh, oh. He's the judge was Sid, Sid Haig. It's from... Captain Spaulding from uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, who is who Rob Zombie, like Quentin Tarantino, has revitalized a lot of seventies people's careers. He yeah. revitalized Karen Black's career, and uh, all those people that he used. He even had Walton Goggins. I watched uh, House of a Thousand Corpses with Haley the other night. Did you? She loves she, she loves it? horror movies for some reason. So I was like, I don't know what horror movie you like to watch. I said, but this is one of our favorites, and she was like, Yeah, this is kind of a weird movie. <laughs> <laughs> when they're putting on that. Show oh the show man oh yeah with, uh, Sherry Moon and all them and, and she's lip syncing when, the... when Bill Mosley puts on his, her dad's face <laughs> oh, yeah. and everything and run uh, rabbit run rabbit uh, run. yeah <laughs> oh that was a creepy oh movie. it was a creepy movie man the guy from the office was in it and Chris Hardwick before he was like doing his uh, like TV stuff uh, he was he was heavy in that movie too as playing the one of the guys that was in the rabbit suits too so. Uh, but Jackie Brown was a great, like I said earlier, it was a great Elmore Leonard book. I read the novel before I read it, but I and the reason I read it is because I heard Quentin was going to do the movie, and they came out with the poster, and the poster was all them on it, and it said coming out on Christmas, and I actually saw it on Christmas in the theater. Did you see it with me on in, on Christmas Day? I may have went drove to what Venice. Year was it? Um, Ninety-seven. Wow, was Charlotte. it that long no, ago? Really? I drove I to. Them. I remember driving to Venice to see it, but you might have been home for Christmas. Maybe I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe you weren't there. I don't know. I definitely saw it on Christmas. I remember driving to Venice to see it. Uh, but the poster had Santa's got a brand new bag. Remember, and they had the bag full of money and it had all the characters. Uh. When I read it, I was reading the characters as Michael Keaton playing the Lewis character, which De Niro ended up playing, and I read it opposite. So when I actually saw the movie, it, it took me for a little bit to get used to it. But really, in the movie, my favorite character was De Niro's character. Man. Yeah. You, Different you, than you ever see yeah, him play. He somebody. does not Laid come back, in. Kind of. He does yeah. not come in to play a supporting role like that, too. Mm-mm. Super supporting. Uh, guy just got out of jail, was willing to do whatever the hell it was just to get work. The stuff with him and Bridget Fonda were really great. Yeah. 
so basically the movie followed around with Jackie who was this woman who was just trying to make her way she she was this kind of low level uh flight attendant who was bringing in money for uh the Odell character which is played by Samuel Jackson who has this you know he's got that braid on yeah. his beard and he's got the <laughs> long ponytail and everything and so he's she's smuggling money in for him and she gets caught at the beginning of the movie right and uh gets taken down by uh Michael Keaton who had been absent from films for a long time too this kind of revitalized his career also and it, him and buck <laughs> from uh kill bill are the two fbi agents who want to and basically the whole movie is everyone turning on everyone you know they're all trying to get odell's money at some right. point so is there any particular scene that you're uh, super excited about when you think jackie brown um for me it's all the de niro stuff you know when him smoking weed with Bridget i like Fonda. when he gets uh gets chris tucker out of oh jail. yeah chris tucker i forget yeah. about chris tucker <laughs> yeah. shows up at his house yeah i hate well, to hit you up for a favor right when i get you mm-hmm. up but i got to be that guy yeah and he ends up uh short-lived that scene too oh yeah he ends up putting him in the trunk and tells him yeah i'm just gonna pop out and rack the shotgun yep. for the koreans <laughs> he literally just pulls around in the parking lot yep. right and uh i love when he slams the truck he's like what the fuck motherfucker <laughs> he slams that trunk on him but then he opens it <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Yep. yep ends up killing him man he put himself in the position where he was gonna have to do 10 years in yeah. prison and if you know <laughs> You know there's no way you know don't do them Bobon, 10 years. <laughs> so that, my friend, is a clear-cut case of him or me. <laughs> he's, and he's showing him, sure ain't gonna he's be showing him the, the ads uh, for the machine guns. Oh, yeah. The AK-47. I never my AK. <laughs> when you absolutely, positively have to kill every motherfucker in the room, <laughs> yeah. except no substitutes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I love that stuff. You guys are a couple cheats and chungs. Mm. I wait till my work is done. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, that stuff with when me. I think of this movie. I always think of the De Niro and the Bridget Fonda stuff, especially the parking lot. Scene. I'm, the parking lot scene where he kills her. Man, that, and oh, I was just so about to say, I'm trying man. to remember why he killed her. She keeps. She, she's she annoying his, as shit. She was in his ear. Where's the car, Lewis? Is it over Where'd here, Lewis? Is uh, it over here? here, Lewis? Yeah. Oh, it is. And at some like, point, she's like, he's like, shut up! Don't say one more motherfucking word. Don't yeah. say one more. I could see and, that happening. And then she, and she's, <laughs> she's like, chill out, Lewis. And then boom, boom, shoots her in the chest and shoots her in the fucking gut and just leaves her and i love his line see it's right where i told you it was yeah. <laughs> the van but also just as shocking is when he tells um he's like what is what is she to you you know uh, oh yeah, that, yeah that's a great scene too yeah. uh he's like no nothing she's just one of the girls i have and everything yeah uh, he says i figured you'd like to hit it with her and he, he says yeah well, he says you still did it though didn't you even though you thought it could have been my girl he says, well you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i love him in the van where he, they're trying to figure out because they get double crossed at some point we're getting ahead of ourselves because at some point pam Greer realizes she's going to use uh max cherry who's uh, robert forrester's character as the bail bondsman to get one over on odell and the steal like half a million dollars of his money right is that great sequence where you get to see from different people's point of views in the mall mm-hmm. where she's in the uh fitting room and she's uh kind of uh She's supposed to be passing the money off to Bridget Fonda, but what she does is she actually leaves most of the money into the fitting room, and then Robert Forrester comes in afterwards, steals the money, comes uh-huh. out. Uh, they have this huge ruse going on, and then when uh, Robert Forrester, uh, or when De Niro kills Bridget Fonda, gets in the van uh, with Samuel Jackson, and they open up the bag, they realize there's only like $40,000 in there. Right. The rest of it's filled with like paperback books. And I love them pulled over in the alley trying to figure out what's going on. And uh, at some point when they were in the mall... 
De Niro sees Robert Forrester's character in the woman's dress section yeah. and everything. And wa- he waves and, to him. And it waves to him and everything. And I love how they're trying to figure it out. And uh, and Samuel Jackson's like, nothing weird, nothing weird happened. And De Niro's like, you know, there was one thing. That, you know who was in the dress section? Max Cherry, the, the bail bondsman. He's like, what? Max Cherry was in the dress section? You don't think that's weird? Which right. is what? Do they know each other? He says, of course they know each other. He bailed her out. Ugh. He says, how the fuck am I supposed to know? And they they going after mm-hmm. each other. And then De Niro says one thing wrong. He, mm-hmm. He's like, you better watch yourself, man. And then all of a sudden, you don't even realize he's kind of pointing a gun at yeah. De Niro. And then, boom, yeah. he shoots yep. De Niro right in the stomach. Man. Yeah, she used to be beautiful, I, Yeah, man. that was a great line <laughs> right there, man. He says, your ass used to be beautiful, man. What mm. the hell happened to you? And it goes all the way down to her kind of uh selling out uh samuel jackson remember uh they meet him at the bail bonds place and you don't realize i can't believe that he didn't see that coming yeah i mean i don't know if he she... was pretty careful the whole movie yeah. he was i and yeah oh that really... scene when he first meets her in his apartment yeah in her apartment oh yeah and she shows up and she's got a gun on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his dick. And his dick. <laughs> yeah. Is that the gun on my dick? Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really good. She was great. In this he movie. had his gloves on. I wasn't gonna do anything. I was just trying to scare yeah. you. Yeah, sure you were. <laughs> but yeah, she uh, she ends up playing even Michael Keaton at the end because when he walks in, she's like, right. "Ray, he's got a gun." And then Michael Keaton just unloads on him. And no, everything. that's right. So I thought he had a gun. I I thought he did. Yeah. Oh man, just all. This was at the point where Quentin Tarantino got really good with writing dialogue for uh, Samuel Jackson too. Oh yeah. Because all of that dialogue was com- was beautifully tailored to him and everything. So every scene that you saw him in, like the AK-47 scene or the scene where he's, I love when he's ta- he uh, meets uh, Robert Forrester for the first time at the bail bonds. Where should I put my ash? <laughs> oh, he's telling De Niro, uh, don't change the levels on my uh, on yeah. my car. But here, when he's telling him, uh, how do I how do I turn the alarm Ooh. off? He just hit this button mm. and it goes doot doot doot. Just all that stuff, man. It really reminded you how great of a dialogue uh, writer he is. So when he <laughs> has certain people on, and when he tells people like actors, he's I wrote this for you, man. Right. And he knows he really did write this for you. So I say we jump into the next one here, and this was another one where the dialogue was written specifically for this is second Leonardo. To second to last, this was uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, big one, man. Here, and yeah. it was also Christoph Waltz's uh, Oscar-winning uh, role, and this was Django Unchained. Man. Yeah, and this was it was a tough movie to watch at certain points for sure. Oh yeah, I mean, absolutely, it's really. And if you have some difficulties with certain with words being thrown no, around, but or, even with I can look past that. Because it's a period piece. It certainly uh, it wasn't glorifying it. No, because obviously, obviously the hero in the movie was Django, right? Uh, the the slave that gets kind of broken free from yeah. his chains uh, by Kristoff to kind of uh, act revenge at first, just to be used as a kind of guy to let him know who the initially who the Brittle Brothers. Were. Yeah, the Brittle Brothers. Yeah. Uh, that dog scene. That dog scene was, was rough yeah. to watch. Yeah, absolutely. and I heard uh, and. Uh, the candy played by beautifully played by Leonardo DiCaprio, man. He he was on my villain pod, yeah, man. He had a hard time doing this. I bet they, he did. I mean, there was several I'm glad times he did. I had yeah, right. No, that was, motherfucker was a natural. He's <laughs> like been saying that word his whole life. No, there was several. I had read that there was several scenes where he had to take breaks, and he was like, "I'm just having a real hard time." So you need Sam yeah. Jackson. And, well, Sammy Jackson was there, and he's like, "This is the man, type you of shit." Save this movie. He's mm-hmm. like, "It's just a normal Tuesday for us, man." He says, "This is the life we have to deal with." And the dialogue we have to deal with all the That's time. So fucked up. And uh, 
he he told him too. He says, "If you do not play this to the hilt, you're almost doing us a disservice." Yeah. and everything. And he's he followed through with that, and he. And Quentin said that this was the only kind of unredeemable character that he's ever written, which is weird because there's a yeah. lot of them. Yeah. Unredeemable yeah. characters, I hope they're talking about Zed. Yeah, I know. That's what I thought, too. Oh, uh, but specifically, he says this one uh, was a that really difficult one. parlor scene was tough, too. Oh, the parlor scene. Yeah, or mm-hmm. the dinner table scene where he brings up the skull. Yeah. And he's talking about the skull and uh, different stuff, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's talk a little bit about when Kristoff first comes up on him, too. Oh, man. Yeah. And that carrot's like, that with open, the tooth. Yeah. Oh, there was that opening scene was awesome. It was yeah. really great. And when he finally and he leaves uh leaves the other guys with the shotgun with the horse has already fallen to the guy. And yep. he, he's like, if you guys if for your astrology fans yeah. out there, that star up there is the North Star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, You can take this uh, you can all four of you could lift that horse off this guy, or you could just bury him deep and uh, take the horse and go about your merry business yep. and everything. And you could see them walk over there, man, and they shoot him and take his head right off, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite scenes is when they, uh, when Kristoff uh, and uh, Jamie Fox go into that first town and they're there to yes. meet the bartender, <laughs> to the sheriff, uh, the, to get the oh, sheriff, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. who's also a uh, famous actor. I can't remember who his name is mm. right now. But the other guy who shows up, do you know who that guy who shows up in all in black? I know who he is, but I can't think of it. All he shows up all in black and he's the one who's going to say, all right, you guys come out with your hands up and everything. Yeah. And he's like, I trust you. That's uh, uh, Duke's Hazard. That's Luke. Oh, yeah. That's oh, who, yeah. Kidding. I didn't that's know that. I did. Or it's Bo. Is it Luke or Bo? I'm not sure uh, which. Luke. I think it's Luke, yeah. Uh, who's in a lot of fucking trouble right now. Oh, really? He's part of that Me Too thing. Uh. Where he's just very handsy and uh, can't stop touching uh, uh, young girls and everything. in Hollywood left. I yeah. know, right? Uh, <laughs> It, he wouldn't have been in Tom his... Hanks will be the only yeah. one standing yeah. 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 done. I'm fine with Tom Hanks playing the rest yeah. of the characters yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's that was a fun scene man where he's explaining to him what he needs him to do and he says you want me to pay you to kill white people uh, white slave owners and yeah. everything he's like I'm in man yeah. he gets on that great uh, gaudy blue suit lets him put on whatever he wants <clears throat> and uh, th- that's another great scene where they show up with uh, to Don Johnson's ranch oh yeah and, Don Johnson's kissing Johnson. their ass. Don Johnson's uh, so funny in this. Man. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's so funny in this. And probably the funniest scene in this, and it should not have been the funniest scene in this, and I'm mm. jumping forward just a little bit because the Brittle Brothers scene is great where uh, he comes up across oh, MC. so fucking he satisfying. He comes across MC Ganey, who we've seen MC Ganey in tons of movies before. And they show the flashback what they did, too. Yeah, what they yeah. did to him and what, how they uh, they were part of how his wife got uh captured you know the, like, the like great the Kerry Washington read, who boy. went on to do that scandal show and she's huge now very in the uh, in demand actress uh, and this is kind of the first thing I saw her in but you know he takes out those guys and that one shot where Kristoff shoots the guy in the cotton field and you see the blood just spew all, all over the, the cotton. cotton yeah that's awesome but the scene that night where Don oh. Johnson and uh, what's his name from Superman? Jonah Hill yeah, Jonah oh, Hill oh god uh, like let's I said let's all just agree that <laughs> they were well intentioned <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <It was, laughs> screw it you guys my wife stayed up for all the night <laughs> making these hoods and cut little holes in them yeah. you guys are ungrateful I'm, I'm out of here yeah and, uh, <laughs> 
Uh, how about we next time we will do this? Yeah. And, and Don Johnson says, "I didn't say anything about taking the hoods off. Yeah. I don't care if you can't see. The horses can see, and that's all that matters." <laughs> but it was really funny, man. And it shouldn't have been it funny. Really, no, but it really was. But it really, it was, really funny. was. And it was and Jonah Hill too. Yeah, oh, they all got fucking so That was so the beauty. Of, the that's up. the beauty of Quentin Tarantino with his scenes too. Yeah. He, he tells them from the right perspective, and he they're always satisfying. Yeah. from the angle that you want them to be satisfying. Yeah, like when the racist cracker guys always get their comeuppance. Oh, yeah. They certainly did in this movie, which is because if, if they didn't, it would not have been a, a, a movie anyone would want to watch or anyone that would be able to be walk out of that movie with any sort of satisfaction. Yeah. Be Bone Tomahawk. It was, <laughs> it, it was kind of... Next uh, week, you have one week to watch Bone Tomahawk. You're going to come to my house. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to be talking about um, it next week. Yeah, and I really want to. Yeah, you'd love it. Um, it was kind of hard, you know, just as far as storyline went, it was kind of hard when uh, Django had to kill that guy the farmer with his son out there and they were up behind the rock oh yeah yeah when and, he's, when you he's know, looking and, at the wanted poster and yeah and which like, comes back a good callback at the end when they meet up with michael parks and uh quentin oh yeah yeah, yeah. but so. yeah i mean you know that's a little kind of like oh that kind of sucks because this guy's obviously trying to turn his life around but hey Gotta, you gotta do sins, what you man. gotta do, man. Yeah, you this know. guy's a bad man. I mean, yeah. just because he's plowing field with his son doesn't doesn't he's yeah, still exactly. evil in his heart? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> There's still probably Nazis that are out there that are. That's why not many left. Not soon, many yeah. left. The more years that go by, the less there. They did there get are. that guy in Chicago. Yep. and fucking sent his ass back. Sent his back out. I'm surprised yep. Germany even took him. Yep. Wow, but. Uh, there was a lot of great scenes in this movie, and it all comes down to the whole stuff at Candyland, you yeah. know. And uh, God, you know, and the even and the Samuel first Jackson even in the this first movie scene, is insane. Oh, even before, yeah, even He's before the they most go, racist motherfucker. In oh the my God! Well, even before he goes to Candyland, remember they meet him at the house with yeah. uh, uh, the the guy from uh, Breaking ba- uh, Breaking Away. You know the guy who oh, rode yeah, the bike. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was the one that played yep. the lawyer. Yep. And remember, they're they're doing the uh, what would they call that the Mandingo fight. Yeah. Uh, and that was a difficult scene, man. Yeah. Where they showed the guy's bear wrestling on the ground, and he made that guy take him to the death. Yep. But the guy that he was betting on with him, that remember he went to the bar with him, and he said, "How do you spell your name?" That's yeah. that's Frank Nero. That's the that's the original Django from yeah. the mm-hmm. 1970s. Django. I remember you telling me that. And he's also from Enter the Ninja. It's the Ninja. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's really great in that with the mustache and mm-hmm. everything he was that's one of my favorite ninja movies was him and uh Andrew the ninja uh so he did a callback with him in it but that was with uh lena caprio had that great line he says you had my uh you had my curio- you had my attention but now you got or you had my curiosity now you've got my attention yeah because he tells him how much money he wants to spend and right. everything and that's when he takes him to Candyland, and you see him to uh, see him do that dog sequence, which is really difficult. Oh, where Walt yeah, Goggins is. comes in, and James Remar comes in to play his second character because he got his face blown off at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Looked just the same. So I don't yeah. know how I mean, I mean the James Remar didn't do anything but put a mustache on. Yeah. It. Hey, sometimes that works. Hey. Well, that was supposed to be Kurt Russell, you know. So yeah. he had to step in, and he did that scene. So uh, it would have been a small scene for Kurt Russell to right. do. Really, you, there's Any a lot scene, of history of. Big actors yeah. doing that. No scene is too small in a Quentin Tarantino yeah, scene for an actor to come right. in and do. Yeah, you know, absolutely. any scene, and you've seen big actors do that all the time. I mean, the next movie you're talking about, has yeah, that has a huge shit ton one. of them. So, uh, yeah, it comes all the way down to. Uh, I love the sequence where. Uh, because Count of Monte Cristo is my favorite book of all time, and it's a lot of people don't realize this was a book that was written in like the late 1800s by a, a black man. Was and it, I, and was I lo- it that late? Yeah, I kind of think yeah, it was, it was earlier than that. 
Uh, like 1700s. No, I don't think so. I think it was 1800s. Uh, but I, I love the the conversation that they had where he was looking at the Three Musketeers books in uh, Calvin Candy's like, oh, library. Yeah. And Calvin Candy had no idea that Alexander Dumas was a black man. Right. Because he was like, That's I right. wonder how you how Alexander Dumas would have thought I about didn't that know. scene. Uh, yeah, if you look at some uh, oh, he looks just like Frederick Dull- uh, Douglass in mm-hmm. his pictures. He looks very, he's got that gray beard and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it. They were almost out of the room. Christoph yeah. just uh. and Calvin wanted him to shake his hand, and he shake could the not. Man's hand. Yeah. He could not resist it. But I love him. The scenes where he's stewing, where Christoph is stewing there in his chair, and he's seeing flashes of the dogs yeah. uh, tearing yeah. that guy apart. Yeah, and it's just not sitting well with him. Yeah. And Candy thinks he's stewing that he got a bad rap, he got a bad deal, and he had to pay money to actually get Kerry Washington's freedom. He's like, no, I'm thinking of the the poor guy that got ripped up by the dogs, and that's where he compares it to the Uggs and Dumas thing. And uh, then it gets in kind of uh, Leo's craw that he's like, I need you to uh, shake my hand. I insist. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And Christoph couldn't let it go. Okay. I love he, he... he he turns to Jamie Foxx and I I couldn't resist I yeah. had to do it yeah and he just shoots Calvin in the uh, in, in the chest. in the chest yep. and then it goes down to that great firefight scene but ends up not uh, ending well at that point for Jamie remember they uh, they catch him and they string him up yeah he and, kills a lot of motherfuckers oh though. yeah he does yeah. kill a lot of motherfuckers yeah <laughs> and, uh, yeah we kind of glossed over like you were saying the, uh, the Samuel L. Jackson oh yeah you want him in the big house yeah oh my gosh yeah <laughs> but the conversation <clears throat> that Daddy, he has roll over in his grave yeah <laughs> and he also figures it out too yeah uh, when he takes candy you know in the other him. room he's like he's there for that girl yeah he's not here for the wrestlers you right know? But then when they string Jamie Foxx up and they were about to cut his testicles off, yep. man, I, Walton gets right there with that big knife and is about to do it, and they they stop him at that moment, yeah, and everything, and they were gonna we're gonna sell him instead, and they sold him to the Quentin Tarantino uh, and Michael Parks thing, yeah, who they they convince him for the uh, they convince him that remember he's got the bill of sale from oh, that yeah. uh, or that uh, that wanted wanted uh, poster, that wanted yeah. like what do they call them wanted bills or wanted something, yeah, I mean. Warrants. Warrants and yeah. he pulls it out and everything. I love how fast he kills him too when he gives him his gun back. And yeah. He's just like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> and then he lets that guy, I love that guy who's been seething through the whole movie at Jamie Foxx. Uh-huh. Remember, he was the one that they yeah. brought in with him. Yeah, and yeah. he thinks he's like a really bad guy because remember, uh, Jamie Foxx at some point says, uh, he says, nothing's, nothing's worse than this guy who's kind of selling out his own race to yeah. these people. He says, I'm going to look bad. And he's like, I want you to play that part. He says, that's what it's going to take if you want Brumhilda back yeah. uh, and everything. And we forgot about that great sequence when Kristoff uh, uh, says he wants to wants that German girl. And then he brings him there. And then she passes out when she sees him. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. Great. Yeah. But what you comes, doing, you little troublemaker? <laughs> <laughs> but it comes all the way back to... Uh, Jamie Foxx making it back to Candyland, and they're coming back from the funeral. And he says, "I want all you white, pe- all you black people, to leave the house." Yeah. And one of them's Minnie from uh, Minnie's Haberdashery. Oh, uh, she was one oh, of the really? girls that he lets go uh-huh. and everything. And he says, "Not you, yeah. Samuel." Yeah. <laughs> oh man. And it gets him in the kneecap. Yeah. And just blows that whole place up. Oh, man. That's so great. And him and uh, him and Carrie Washington jumping off the sunset. Off the sunset. <laughs> that's that's exactly so great. How that movie should have ended. Yeah. It was great. No, and I've said that I said this previously when we talked about it, but I saw this in the theater, and it was either Christmas Day yeah. or day after Christmas. He loves to le- release those Christmas movies, man. and when it was over, 
there was a standing ovation oh, yeah. in the theater. It I was saw awesome. They came out, and then I went and brought Matt and Marcy to go see it when they came up to visit one time. Also, it was like two weeks later. So this was one movie I think I saw like two or three times in the theater, and it was it was fabulous, man. It was yeah, really great. Absolutely. Uh, the great thing about Quentin's movies, especially when you see them once, there's certain scenes that you're waiting to happen. Oh yeah, like, absolutely. Oh, when's this scene happening? Yeah, and that'll bring us great to this next movie because this next movie was packed full of those types of scenes, man, where you could chock full wait. of nuts. This is a movie that got me writing screenplays. I watched this movie, and I had seen this movie before anyone had seen it. I, I ended up was living up north. This was 94. I had, been, I had just moved up north, and I had seen the trailer for it. And the trailer was incredible. That was like the Palm d'Or winner in, uh, in the Cannes Film Festival for Best Movie. And they had this great uh, thing. Remember, it, uh, it had that great music from, uh, damn, what is that? Uh, Jungle Boogie yeah. music on it, and it had that. I uh, remember Samuel said, "Oh, I'm sorry, did I break your concentration?" Oh, yeah. And it bursted into that really fast music, and they showed <laughs> yeah. all these great scenes and everything. I was like, I don't know what the hell this movie. I went and saw it by myself, and I came back and I said, "I saw the best movie I think I've ever seen in my life." Uh-huh. And this is still this is on my top ten movies of all time. Oh, it's fantastic! Uh, and I saw it nine times in the theater after that. One time, I saw it three times in one day. Wow. Three times in one He's day. No Royale <laughs> with cheese. Yeah, I saw it in the morning at a morning showing, <laughs> and then I had seen uh I, I think I my friend Warger hadn't seen it. I said, We gotta go see it. And then that night that was like a, a midnight showing or something. I met up with another one of my friends and I was telling him about going and seeing it earlier. And I said, he's like, I've never seen it. Like, Let's go see it. Yeah. I go see it again. So it was one day I saw it three times and it was insane. That's I awesome. loved it, man. But I would used to be like so eager for whoever I was watching it with knowing what was coming up. And yeah. They, oh they were yeah. Gonna jump and they were going to freak out about it. So absolutely. What are some of your great memories about Pulp Fiction, Wolf, man? Because man. we, I think we could go back and forth. After they shoot Marvin in the face. Marvin. Oh, oh, and they man. go to Quentin Tarantino's house. Do you like Oak Jimmy? Yeah. <laughs> are you an Oak Man, Jimmy? Yeah. Yeah. It's Oak Man. Yeah. Yeah. I like Oak. Yeah. <laughs> but that oh, yeah. whole scene when the wolf comes up, comes in and... Yeah. and Kind of takes control. He's the cleaner. Yeah, I love when he's awesome. he's at the party wearing his tux and he's yep. writing his list and everything. Uh, body, no head. Yeah, uh, <laughs> in the garage. Yeah, Jimmy. Yeah. He wrote down Jimmy's name and he yeah. wrote all these people's names down. Man, it was great because <laughs> this kind of all followed the kind of the two hitmen. And uh, more than any of his movies, this one jumped around, jumped around. Like oh yeah, motherfucker, man! Yeah, because it opened with that great scene with Honey At Bunny. The restaurant, yeah. With Honey Bunny played. Great Don't advice. anybody fucking move! Oh, or I'll execute every yeah. last yeah. one. Yeah. 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 Tim Roth and the great Amanda Plummer, man, and yeah. Amanda Plummer made uh, has made a career of playing weird characters. I, I what's the one? Weird, is it so the Frighteners? Works good. Yeah, yeah. Is that the Michael yeah. J. Fox one? Yeah, yeah. Awesome movie. That, she's great. Uh, in I don't that. remember yeah, that yeah. movie. I own it. It's a great movie. Yeah, we talk it. about that. But uh, Halloween's coming up. Yeah, don't forget to tell. Don't forget to bring a towel. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I had remember the first thing I saw her in was World of Korean Garp. She was oh, great. Yeah. In that oh, movie, wow. man. She was great in uh, uh, Fisher King. She was great as Fisher King as that girl that was uh, Rob Williams was obsessed with. That was weird and everything. Uh, she was great in that. Fish. So they came back to that scene at the end of the movie, too, where they were just robbing this uh, kind of uh, cafe. The one that says bad motherfucker yeah. on it. <laughs> but then it, it kind of followed these two hitmen that worked for this big mobster named Marcellus Wallace, brilliantly played by the great Ving Rhames. Who yeah. Became one of the super first. This is the first time I ever saw him. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He was, had done the little things here and there early before, on, but, not but yeah, not, not as big of a prominent as a role in this, and he certainly went on to a huge career after this movie came yeah. out. 
But um, get medieval on his ass. Yeah. <laughs> oh, son. Oh, man. That's a scene that was yeah. just out of nowhere, yeah. man, too. The gimp. Oh, my the God. Bring out the gimp. I didn't even know that anything. anything like that existed. Yeah, it really I was. That. I don't like, know how he came up with that idea in the script. He it just lives was, in Hollywood. Yeah. It was just I'm out sure of nowhere, man. He must have thought. I, it's just weird. It's just a weird <laughs> sequence, man. Where did you get this bike? It's a chopper, honey. Where did you get this chopper? <laughs> it's Zed's. I mean, you Who's think Zed? of everything that Zed's kind of... dead. <laughs> I had to kill that hunk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you think of everything that came up to this, too, with... Uh, with because the boxing if you're looking match. At, if you're looking oh, at yeah. the timeline, too, Bruce Willis had just killed Travolta. He had been walking back. Uh, he had been driving back singing that Captain Kangaroo song, yeah. really happy. It just happened to come across Marcel's walking across the street carrying the coffee. Yeah. It just floored it and it <laughs> knocked him over. Yeah. <laughs> it knocked him over and then uh, Bruce Willis had crashed. Remember, Kathy Griffin is the one that... Oh, yeah, uh, that's right. ...is on the street. So I saw the whole thing. That guy just came out of nowhere. No, no shit. Marcellus takes the shot out and shoots yeah. uh, at him and they end up running down the street and then run right into the wrong place, run into that pawn shop yeah. who ends up uh, racking the shotgun. That and creepy fucking shot pawn shop oh, oh god man. yeah the guy with the beard yeah and takes him down the sh- uh takes him downstairs and calls uh zed on the phone and zed shows up yeah Zed's a cop and he's got that that's another callback to like uh or kill bill's kind of a callback with the pussy wagon to yeah. the zed mobile you know right the zed thing on the uh on the, the keychain and yeah everything. yeah I, I like when bruce willis was getting ready to escape but then he had a conscience. I love the and fact he had that he to go did. back and help him. But I like when he was looking around for weapons. Yeah, and he's got the chainsaw and he's going like this. Yeah, and he's got some. Pipe, he's got like a knife. Like, yeah, I wonder yeah. if baseball bat. He's they got the baseball bat. Sword, I wonder if that sword. was a Hattori Hanzo sword. I'm sure oh, it was. Well, this was before this I because know, it's worth two hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah, maybe he did. Yeah, was it in El Paso? Yeah, it could have been. I don't know. That's funny. It was Hollywood, but yeah. Also, Christopher Walken's character. Greatest, yeah. That was the cameo I was talking about. Yeah, he, he had a great cameo. Yeah. He just came Five in minutes. and he nailed oh, nailed God, some dude. great Quentin dialogue and just made it his own man. though. Yeah. I oh held yeah. This uncomfortable hunk of metal in my ass. <laughs> in my ass. Yeah. <laughs> it's your birthright. It's your birthright. <laughs> yeah. Well, just to go back to that scene for a little bit when you were talking about him grabbing the samurai sword, I love the fact that he knew that. He just could not leave, even though that that guy is his sworn almost. Like they yeah. were getting ready. And it was to the best thing he ever. It turned out to be the best thing he ever did because yeah. it's the one that got him got off his shit list. Yeah, yeah. And a free pass that no one. That situation was so horrible that he could not let leave him down there yeah. because they would have killed oh. him after raping him continuously. Oh my god! And who knows where it would have went after just Zed because Zed was raping him at the moment yeah. where he came in. Yeah. So he comes in in the background. You see him, man, and you see him with that sword. Yeah, and, oh, man. He says, "You okay?" No, I'm fucking far, far from, from okay. okay. Yeah. Oh, he says, we're gonna call some guys with the pipes and we're gonna go medieval yeah. on his ass. Blow torches. Some blow torches. <laughs> we're gonna get medieval on his oh, ass. Oh man, it was so satisfying mm. though. That's that's what's great. Absolutely, about, no, he does. He gives the, you that. That's probably that key adjective that you could say about a lot of Quentin's movies is satisfying. Yeah, man. it's yeah. super satisfying. Yeah, rapists meet their end. And, yeah, and it's. It's not just like, oh, you get shot in the head. It's like, oh, no, you're going to get what you fucking deserve. It's great. Not very often. Like like, every movie of his is like a revenge movie in some way, shape, or form. It really is. You know, and not 
not often are like innocent people getting killed or getting uh, right. something that they don't deserve. You know, there's a couple things where people will get shot, like the woman that's next to uh, Bruce Willis that gets shot in the thigh. Yeah, uh, when he kind of comes out of it and everything before he chases him down into the pawn shop, gets shot in the leg. But other than that, I mean, not many people. But one scene that I like to talk about in Pulp Fiction is Uma Thurman. Kevin's uh, Eric Stoltz, oh. Rosanna Arquette. Oh yeah, for sure. Where Uma Thurman, for some reason, gets taken out to dinner. It still seems like a weird thing that he would ask him to take his wife out to dinner mm. and everything. And they do the great dance sequence uh, with the I love the actors and Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi as the oh, yeah, that's and right. And, Jeff uh, Martin Lewis or Amos and Andy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Five dollar milkshake. <laughs> it's pretty it's good. Just, like, I don't know if it's fucking worth it. Urban. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just milk. Ice cream. <laughs> uh, but she takes him back to the house. I love him talking to himself in the mirror. He says, You're going to go out there. You're going to be nice. You're yep. going to go home. Jerk you're off. Laugh at her fucking joke. Yeah. You're going to drink your drink. You're going to laugh at her fucking jokes. Yeah. <laughs> jerk off, and that's all you're going to do. Uh, uh, but he goes out there not realizing that Uma Thurman had snorted like some of the high grade yeah. heroin yeah, that he she just should be earlier shooting. Earlier the day, not, he bought a bunch not, of heroin. Uh, and apparently, and that's when I had like learned, I guess apparently you can't just snort heroin uh, instead of shooting it apparently you but. can snort heroin but it has to be a certain grade and you certainly couldn't do it in the amounts that you can do cocaine well I yeah. know every time that I've snorted heroin <laughs> <laughs> you hear it here first <laughs> unless I got a gunshot I don't want yeah. I don't ever want to go Ooh, I don't like know oh, mm-hmm. god man I don't like to yeah. I, I saw train spotting I know yeah, how you can drop I, I don't want nothing to do, do with that it. shit uh, we haven't talked about train spotting on this. We'll have to talk some drug movies in this, and train spotting would be the top of the list Just right like there, man. He nailed the door shut. <laughs> the next scene is him like uh, busted out. Oh yeah, you yeah, see yeah. the door on the ground oh, <laughs> broken up. But. Uh, a lot of people, this is the scene you think of, man. Like I said, there's oh, people not- think of Zed. People think yeah. of a lot of different sequences in this movie. But now they use using Narcam instead of yeah. Adrenaline. We but, have yeah. Narcam at the house. We have like six of them at the house because uh, because of my uh, girl being uh, uh, public health. Uh, they oh, just wow. hand those shit out to you. Huh. So uh, uh, might, Can I get one from you? Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, if you need a pair for I would like to have one here. I'm, uh, you never, I'm allergic to ant stings. Will that work with that type of thing too? I think it's only for heroin overdoses though. I don't think oh, it's he for... He thought he had a heroin problem. Everyone's revealing shit. I think it's good to have... I, it's not like it's uh, one of those diabetic things. Yeah, I, maybe I, I'm confusing with... You're thinking with, of an uh, EpiPen. Yeah, yeah, it's Epi-pen? not an EpiPen. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, uh, this is well, like, then I don't need heroin. I, like, I'm, unless you know people that you could possibly... Because it certainly will save people's lives. But uh, it won't bring somebody back that's... A, Literally suffering from the same effects that I don't think you so. You'd have, have to do some research. Heroin. You'd well, have to do if some you take a big enough syringe and needle about <laughs> seven you inches long, my heart. and I shove it into your heart. Yeah, uh, I love them arguing back and forth. And I love Eric Stoltz in this. I always yeah. was a huge Eric Stoltz fan, and he, uh, I, I always felt bad when we got. A, kind of a bad uh, ride with the Back to the Future thing. So I always love when he got really good roles yeah. and everything. And I, I loved him in Mask. I loved him in Memphis Bell. And there were, there was was he in Two things. Days in the Valley or was that something else? Uh, She's dying on me, man. <laughs> Don't you bring some fucked up bitch to this yeah. house. And then he just immediately drives on the in, lawn. In the lawn, dude. Yeah. And uh, I love Rosanna Arquette just running out of the room wondering, what the fuck is Don't bring her here. Yeah. And everything. And I oh. love the magic marker on yeah, her exactly. chest. Yeah, exactly. And they, they do that close up of the needle oh, and she wakes that up one yeah. drop. they did oh. a great frame up with, oh, with her sitting straight up yeah. oh yeah 
Oh, oh man. man. That just makes me get goosebumps even thinking of that yeah. scene because she comes out of it and, and, and she Rosanna looks at the needle, doesn't she? Yep. Rosanna, she stuck up the needle on her chest and Rosanna's like, that was fucking freaky, man. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, I'll tell you, I, I've always wondered what happens if, when, if and when Marcellus Wallace finally gets the briefcase back, if it's his soul, you know what I mean? Like, we don't know. We I don't know, know what's like, in that briefcase, man. You never know. I love the stuff with uh, Frank Wally, you know, oh, yeah. uh, when they and the guy <laughs> from Mad TV to <laughs> play Marvel. Yeah, 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 and uh, Phil Lamar. Yep, Phil Lamar. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. He's the voice of uh, on uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. He's oh, the voice he? of Baxter Stockton. No, he's great. He does a lot of voices yeah. uh, now, so he's really, really great. It's funny <laughs> as hell. Anybody listening, look him up on Mad TV as the UPS guy. Oh, yeah, man. I <laughs> love oh, Mad TV, man. Oh, so funny. I love the girl from the Goldbergs uh, when she did back in the day when she did Mad TV. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, there was a lot of those guys that came out of it. The guy from uh, the Three Stooges movie that played Curly. Oh, Will Sasso. The guy. guy. Yeah, Will Sasso. Will Sasso. Yeah, he's yeah. in uh, Super Troopers, too. Yeah. He is. I loved him in Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he Who was, was he in Happy Gilmore? He was the one that was betting him he couldn't hit the ball. Yeah, oh, he was the mover. Okay. Yeah, the mover. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's, yeah. Right, yeah. that's right. <laughs> I loved him in Best in Show. He played that, like, simpleton that was... Uh, uh, that was Christopher Guest's fr- uh, friend when he oh, was leaving with the in dog. Oh, shop? Yeah. yeah. They were in the bait <laughs> shop? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he gave him the cassette. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really fun. Macadamia nut. That's yeah. the one that used to get him going. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man. This this went all the way down to I, I love the scene like you had mentioned with Quentin and they put him in uh, they put him in those different outfits and he's like, how do they look? Look like a couple of dorks. Yeah. <laughs> You're clothes, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> When they're hosing him off, and they're, uh, uh, and I love the scene where he. What's the car that the wolf drives? Uh, Acura was it an Acura? Yeah, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, it was like it's a really like high grade Acura, man. Fancy Acura. It was either an Acura or an Audi. One of those two. Yeah, yeah it was one of the two. Yeah. Yeah. And they had the, the yeah. scene with uh, Julie Sweeney. She had made that yeah. really small cameo. The girl played Pat. And uh, it's Pat. Oh yeah, uh, where she works at <laughs> the, the big mystery. They yeah. never, it took a while for them to figure out who the fuck that actor was. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was years. Yeah, yeah. No, they <laughs> had a good a thing going. Like yeah, I couldn't keep a secret like that. Now Not today. Like, got the internet. <laughs> oh god, it was funny, man. And that, yeah, that all kind of bookends into that scene in the diner, man, where he yeah. brings out his bad motherfucker wallet. I'm telling you, it just turns those guys into who were. Really amped up and thought they were the shit into yeah. this sniveling kind of couple who are just holding each other as they're walking out of the uh, yeah. out of the diner. But he and really kind of will... bought his freedom. Yep. Oh yeah. So to speak, because he didn't go to the apartment to kill Bruce Willis. Yeah. Although it, they probably wouldn't have gone both in the bathroom at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Always take your Uzi. Yeah. Have you learned anything from this movie? movie? Yeah. Take your Uzi. Worry about those small pawn shops. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of different things and you learn. You will from know it. my yeah. name. You should have run into a rental center. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Pulp Fiction was phenomenal. It deserved all the accolades that it got. I think it would have even got many more if it didn't come out the same year as Shawshank Redemption and Forrest Gump. Yeah. That was Ooh, the problem, man. It yeah. was a, and Forrest Gump was obviously on everyone's radar as that movie that could everyone could go see. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And it was great. <laughs> watch it the other, I watched it the other day. I haven't seen it in forever. So it was good. on TV and uh, putting it on. Yeah. Especially it's, when it's on the Vietnam it's, scene. When it's, it's on the Vietnam scene, I'm yeah. like, I oh, yeah. turn this off. Yeah. It's so great. Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> we haven't talked about that movie either. We'll, we'll definitely got to do Tom Hanks <laughs> and an actor pod. So briefly, I'd like to speak about the uh, the two upcoming ones he's got because one of them is going to be a friggin' amazing. That Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We've I'm already, excited for it's that a, one. It's loosely on. It's 
it's dealing with the Manson, but it's mainly dealing with the two out of work actors that live next door to like where uh, the uh, Sharon the Tate. Sharon Tate murders happened. But it's almost dealing with everything that happened during the '60s, right around that time. They've already cast somebody to play uh, Bruce Lee. They've cast oh, wow. uh, Margot yeah. Robbie. The Robbie is going to play uh, Beach Boys. Are going to be in it or people playing the Beach Boys? Uh, you got cut out. Yeah. All right. Well, you can cut out. Me and Dave will stay for the last couple. <laughs> Bye, we'll everybody. Stay for the last couple seconds, man. <laughs> Justin's got a massage to go do, man. He's a working man. <laughs> so give us your preemptive see ya. See ya. <laughs> right. We'll edit that in later. We'll edit it in because me and Dave got like five more minutes. We're going to talk here about some a couple uh, flicks. So once upon a time in Hollywood, it's it's going to be uh, like I said. It's going to deal with all that stuff happened at the time of the Manson murders. It's crazy. That whole aspect. Yeah. Is the craziest part of the the Manson story to me? Yeah, it it really is. And there's there's been a couple great movies, the two Helter Skelter movies that have come out. The really great one that had Steve Rails back playing them back in the seventies. They uh, had that trippy one where they did it in reverse film stock. Is that the that, one with Jeremy Davies? Yeah, yeah. Jeremy, that I own scene, both of them, though, but I haven't they seen did it, it a long time with almost like that night vision scene. Because everybody was white. Oh, yeah, yeah, and they yeah. did it in this weird yeah. way, so it took away from some of the violence. Because that's literally the most violent. If you read about that murder, I don't want to really talk about the details of the murder, but yeah. it was... It was brutal, man. Brutal. brutal. And a lot of people forget about the... Uh, the um, What's the lawyer that they went off to the day after? The LaBianca. Oh, uh, LaBianca. The LaBianca murders. I'm trying to think if I got... Uh, I have upcoming movie releases on my thing. Oh, yeah. Once Upon a Time in a Hollywood comes out July 26th of 2019. So that's, that's too far away. It is far, but, you know, I'm surprised... I don't li- like being releasing told something awesome's coming out. I'm surprised he's released it in July. I would not be. Yeah, that's a weird. I would not be surprised if he pushes it to Christmas. You watch, but we'll oh, see. Fuck. Right now, it's listed as the summertime, so that would be amazing. I guess they have a formula, and they put the, like. Well, and and I bet they give. It's an award thing too. Plus, you know? plus they give each. I I think the they do some common courtesy to other movies. Like yeah. we can't release it that weekend because that's the new Marvel movie, and yeah. it'll be in the theater for three weeks. So we have to do it on this date. Yeah. And I bet a lot of people, knowing that's when the Quentin movie come out, will avoid it because uh, that weekend of releasing their movies, because everyone's yeah, going to go see it. Releasing. So you Unless got, I get a romantic so you got Margot Robbie, who plays uh, Sharon Tate in the movie, and oh. I've seen pictures of her. That's all we've seen is pictures. We've, I've saw yes. an image of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt are playing the two out-of-work actors. One's playing the actor, and one's playing the stuntman, his stuntman. Okay. So I'm not sure... I, I would assume that uh, Leo's playing the actor and uh, Brad Pitt play- is playing Why his stuntman. But no, it could be the other <laughs> way around. So those are the guys that live next to Sharon uh, Tate uh, and obviously have a connection in that way. Unfortunately, Burt Reynolds has died, so he's not going to play the ranch owner. I, Clyde I was, Bundy. Not Clyde Bundy. That's another different ranch owner. Yeah. Um, uh, I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. It used to be a movie set. Yeah. And they, he, he actually rented it to Manson and to the family before he realized he what the hell was. He kind of, I maybe he had to have known I'm crazy. But it was just the time of the hippies, so he probably just thought they were just other hippies, you yeah. know. And not knowing that not, Ma- not knowing that Manson was trying to start a race war and uh, doing all this crazy shit uh, and having this cult kind of t- status, and that was really the first kind of cult leader that we really saw taking it to that next level. I mean, obviously we have I'm sure Jim through Jones history there's been stuff. a lot of that. There too, has been, but, but this was the one that he came was, the... I mean, he was friends with Brian shocked, Wilson. Yep, shocked everybody. From the, 
from the Beach, Beach Boys. Boys. Yeah. I don't know if he was friends, but he. I think that's an element of that story that a lot of people aren't aware of too. Yeah. And I, I haven't seen that. I bought the '70s one recently, and I can't wait to watch it again. But I'm not sure how much that one went into it. But the Jeremy Davies oh, one certainly you know went weird? into it. In, and I don't think you've seen it. Is that? Is oh that, yeah, the one you told me about with uh, Wilson, John Cusack. With John Cusack, and then the guy from There Will Be Blood that uh, played the preacher. Yeah, yeah, Paul Dano. He was phenomenal. I'll have he to played that. the younger. What's the name of it? Um, I can't I'll remember. But he played the younger Wilson. Yeah, and then Cusack played the older version of him. I would and definitely they kept jumping enjoy back and forth. And uh, but they dealt with the Manson angle. They dealt with the Manson angle. Huh? That's really interesting. So other actors involved. I know Tim Roth is going to be in it. I don't think. I don't think Samuel's going to be in it. I bet they use him in some capacity because there was even other movies that he was, uh, the movies that he wasn't in that he did narration for. I'm trying to think what movie he did a narration for in one of his movies. Was it Inglorious Bastards or, damn, it was something that he did narration for that I didn't expect it, but I could hear his uh, voice. I think it was Inglorious Bastards. Uh, but it's going to be great. He starred. It's like the who's who of of all his cast, and it's got it's already got twenty people, and he's still casting people. But I remember when I heard Burt Reynolds had died, and I'm thinking, well, who does he have that's really old school like that? And immediately I'm thinking Bruce Dern. I mean, that's true. If Bruce Dern could easily slip into that role, and he loves Bruce Dern. I yep. mean, he used him in small roles in Django. He used him in uh, uh, Hateful clearly Eight. Hateful Eight. Uh, and I'm not sure if he was in... Those might have been the only two movies that he did. <laughs> Seeing Justin's empty chair I know, with the sad. microphone in it's front, it's almost like we're do- like he died. Yeah. And, we're, and we can't get... Either we can't get over it, or we want to honor him. <laughs> by it's like this. setting the plate yeah. at, at the dinner table. He does that. He's done that every day for 20 years. <laughs> Justin, if you don't come back, we're always going to set your mic up. <laughs> Ghost Justin. <laughs> what do you think, Ghost Justin? Tell us what you think of this. He doesn't talk as much as he used to. Well, the... All right, so the other movie, and that's so that's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but the other movie that I'm not even sure you're aware of is his new Star Trek project. That I heard rumors that he yeah. might be attached to that, but that seems really... That seems risky for him. It's rated R. It's supposed to be rated R, and they said Ooh. that his element is going to show the horror of space. So who knows? When it's crazy, when he I gets... Mean, he might piss off a lot of... Hardcore Star Trek fan. Not me. I'm, I'm a hardcore. No, I'm one of those hardcore Star Trek fans, and I'm also a hardcore Quentin fan. So I can't wait to see what he does. But if he says stuff like "I'm going to show the horror of space," he because he hasn't that. done a horror. He movie said yet. that. Yeah, he said that, and he hasn't done a horror movie yet. And I could just imagine where his mind would go uh, if mm-hmm. he wants to kind of make a horror movie. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes a balls-out horror movie at some point. And if he does, it might take horror to a whole different element because he has some horrifying elements in movies that aren't horror movies. Yeah. So it, it's going mean, to be I'm very... Pull, I'm pulling for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board for everything he does. They've, I've already... They've done... I like the first... Oh, um, the first Star Wars. The first Star Trek, Star Trek that came I out. I say Star Wars, Star Trek. Star, Star Trek. Trek. Yeah, okay. Uh, you said Star Trek. Okay. Um, yeah, that first Star Trek was Pine. great, and I, I did not like the, the second, second one. The second one wasn't that great, but the third, third one, one was good. Was good. Yep. So at least I I don't mind drop people dropping the ball if they change the different directors. Yeah. and But some didn't I hear Chris Pine held out? Well, Chris Pine and Chris Helmsworth held out. Because remember, Chris Helmsworth was in the first one playing his dad that yeah, died. Yeah, 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 that's so right. if they having him in a future one, they're either doing got, time travel, he, which they could easily that, do. That, Genesis planet. 
Yeah, that was way, way early. Not going to do that. I would either assume that they're doing flashbacks or they're going to do a time travel sequence, which with Star Trek, you could easily do a time travel because they time traveled all the time. Star Wars, it's a weird kind of element they did. They would do some. I don't think they would do it in a Star Wars movie, but Star Trek's certainly. So I don't know if Quentin's set to do the next Star Trek. It might be the one after that. And I have a feeling that he's going to do something that probably, because he's a huge Star Trek fan. Quentin's huge Star Trek fan, huge uh, comic book fan, huge fan of anything 70s so i would be wouldn't be surprised if he comes out with a horror star trek film that's gonna blow everyone away and he might bring people to the franchise because yeah. there's a lot of not true. there's more not star trek fans than there are star and trek you probably fans. you lose some every year too yeah i mean yeah it was, it's always been like the boring star wars you know where it was more dialogue than anything and like i said as from a screenwriting point of view and i love writing screenplays and I have three that I'm uh, pitching out right now uh, that nothing beats great dialogue in films and no one beats the king of that is uh, Quentin Tarantino. I don't think anyone's even close to, to mastering dialogue than Quentin Tarantino. I can't think of anybody, at least. Uh, there's people that are masters at their craft. And I think if Quentin had to give up directing or give up writing, I would <coughs> I would certainly rather have give up directing than writing. because Yeah, and that was my point earlier when I said his film's more about... You know the screenplay, yeah, and, and that's why, like going back with the hateful eight, I, I have no problem with nothing happening for an hour and twenty minutes because you get to see great actors doing great dialogue that's been tailored to them. Mm-hmm. You know, and he is so really concerned about stuff getting out beforehand. Remember, he almost canceled, he almost shit canned hateful eight altogether because remember one the of the script scripts got, got out. out, and I think it was Madsen's script. Well, uh, that he got sold out. it for drugs. Uh, but now he's got like <laughs> watermarks and shit on him and everything. And I heard takes him from the actors every night. Well, I heard that he even went so far as to just uh, give out pages to at a time. put out different stuff in different scripts. So if certain stuff gets out, he knows who released it, Ooh, <laughs> which is interesting. Nice. I heard a rumor that that's what uh, Beyonce and uh, Jay Z did with their naming their kid. They told a lot of people that that was a different name, four or five different people that it was a different name. To hear if that name got out, they knew who dropped nice. it. I was like, wow, that's some like that's some surveillance type spy. I mean, shit when you were rich right and there. powerful, you got a lot of people leeching. Yeah, off you, and so. I, you, I we're obviously not that rich and powerful, so we don't know what people have to go through to keep uh, a secret. In my head, I'm days. rich and powerful. Yeah, yeah I know, man. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be very interesting to see what Quentin does for the next. Uh, five ten years in his movies and i have no problem him using similar actors and stuff like that because i like the fact that he can he knows samuel jackson can deliver certain lines or i love the fact that he's now working with kurt russell and a lot of different stuff i'd be surprised if kurt russell doesn't turn up someplace in uh in the once upon a time uh i mean there's room for a problem or can you imagine him Depend in a star how big trek this, film oh, if they're man. doing happy yeah, crazy all these guys in a star trek film would be incredible and working samuel l in there in some way and it's rated r oh and it's rated been, r i've been waiting for a rated r star trek movie yeah it would be great i can't wait so so yeah, trouble with tribbles trouble with tribbles. rated r <laughs> <laughs> Get these motherfucking tribbles out of this motherfucking airplane. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's the director's one for now. We got a shitload. I've got a list of about twenty different directors that we're gonna eventually do, and there's uh, there's some fabulous ones out. But I like the uh, 
the kind of list that we're building right here, uh, I, I certainly want to uh, work in a P.T. Anderson uh, directing pod one of these days. I, I think it would be fabulous. We did Fincher. Stuff. We did Fincher. We did John Carpenter. We did we Spielberg, did, man. Did we do... Uh, we haven't done Oliver Stone. Taxi, we haven't done Scorsese. Driver. Uh, yeah, we haven't done Scorsese, Oliver Stone. Scorsese's got a bunch yeah, of good ones. Man, a lot of good ones. So you could just imagine the, uh, the different places we could go with a lot of these directing ones, but... I think we, have, we didn't do the Coen. We did the Coen Brothers. No, we didn't do Coen Brothers yet. And that's got to be the next they're one. They're my favorite. Yeah, we, we, got, we should do that the next one, too. That might be one to make it up for Jelani and get him in on that one, too, because he's a huge Coen Brothers fan. And Justin, we need to get watching some, because I remember showing him... Is he him not well-versed in uh, Justin's not a well-versed in uh, Coen Brothers, but there's plenty of time before that next one. We'll get him, uh, he's a we'll get him schooled. He's a working man. We'll get him schooled. I'm just uh, trying to get him, because next week, I think we're going to put out our uh, a Western pod, and I know that might be a genre that a lot of people are interested <laughs> Someone in. Someone just now, turn yeah. on, turn Don't do it, though. I'm telling you, because we can turn you on to a lot of good I got one little that's, that freak and, you out. And we're going to work some modern ones in there and possibly a comedy here and there, but uh, there's some really fabulous ones. Uh, one particularly that <laughs> we've talked about. Put on your list? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, one in particular that we mentioned earlier on in this pod that uh, that Dave's going to have on his list, and it, it'll blow you away, man. It's it's really fabulous, and it's another one that Kurt Russell's really really shined for that a lot of people don't know about, and uh, it's definitely worth viewing for the people who aren't too squeamish. Uh, that's for sure. And you, you think that too, you know? You think everyone thinks westerns, and they think your dad's western, they think the Duke, they think old uh, early Clint Eastwood, which I love those movies, and there'll be several of those yeah. on there, but there's a lot of ones that are, people are doing in the more recent years that uh, uh, that are really great ones by the Coen brothers uh, that we'll be talking about, but if you want to get a hold of us, uh, until then, we're going to be on, uh, you can always get a hold of us through comments on iTunes and SoundCloud. We're also on Facebook, Fascinated with Films. We put up pictures every week, collages of movies we're going to be talking about that weekend. And uh, also on Twitter. Hey, that's all me, man. At <laughs> uh, Dupree Podcast, we're on Twitter. And uh, the, our email is fascinatedwithfilms at gmail.com. So yeah, I think that'll do it for this week. So until next time. Justin's not going to be here to no, say goodbye, man. You want to you you say this where you cut in his goodbye. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I could do that. that that'll, that'll be good. So give me, give me like a second after my goodbye. Okay. We'll do him last. All right. All no, right. we'll do you last. I'll do <laughs> So see ya. See ya. Bye. Yeah, but Mr. Brown, that's a little too close to Mr. Shit.